0: The Dode Fox Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Paul, he's Ronnie, and there's no need for a meltdown, but we're allowed to feel disappointed about Saturday. As for the linesman, here's hoping he's got an appointment booked at Specsavers this coming week. Thanks to everyone who has signed up to the newsletter and bought mugs for a couple of mugs this week. It really is appreciated. Join the conversation on our socials. We are at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: Coming up on this week's episode, Hibbs Review, Motherwell and Sipmarn Preview, Lottery, 5050, Who Am I? Loan Report, Academy, Newsletter, Women's Team, On This Day with the Arab Archive, and Hasniel Joffrey is our special guest. It's all coming up on episode 98 of the Dode Fox Podcast.
1: Support for the Dode Fox Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs Get 20% off and free delivery with the code DODEFOX at manscaped.com
0: I'm Andy McLaren, welcome to the DODEFOX podcast So welcome back to the award winning but slightly disappointed DODEFOX podcast um, obviously the linesman's uh, got an appointment booked, we hope, for Specsavers this week, but I'd rather say he needs to go and his bus for a shite um, because it was abysmal. But anyway, before we even get to that, semi-final and Dundee United, it's uh, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been bloody lovely in the circumstances of the world stopping spinning round. But at the start of the season... If I told you we'd be in a Scottish Cup semi-final, ninety minutes away, possibly 120, maybe even penalties away fee, a cup final, you know a no half bit my hand off. But the reality was, it happened yesterday, and uh, I suppose it all starts Friday. What a send off! Uh, it was class. Uh, like what happened outside Tannadice on Friday,
1: Ron. Uh, for me, that was the best moment of the season. Uh, cause I've girded about things all season. And if I'm honest, an awful lot of that frustration comes from feeling detached for a year. Uh, I mean, I've never seen Mark McNulty, Ryan Edwards, or, or Kerr Smith play for my team. Uh, I'd never really seen Mickey Mellon either. It's just been shite on so many levels. Uh, but I went to Tannadice on Friday as I wanted to take Leo along. And he's, he's barely watched any matches this year, as he doesn't like watching the football on the TV. It's just no for him. Uh, but what I came away with. When that team bus turned left up Arkley Street was a child that was once again engaged. Uh, He loved it. And I don't care how sad that some folk might think about this next bit, but I absolutely loved it too. Uh, There was just a massive sense of togetherness about the whole thing. Uh, To be amongst so many of our fellow Arabs was just what the doctor ordered for me and for the wee man as well. And to the naysayers and and the killjoys that slate these kind of send-offs, go and ask the players how they feel about it. Uh, would they rather mosey onto a bus in a quiet street or get cheered on hear songs see the spectacle that gets created I'm certain that they would choose the latter uh, so it was absolutely magic I loved it and as for the display team that had a big hand in it uh, they guys are brilliant like, they do a magnificent job for the club lucky to hear them
0: and I, I suppose it's another mention for the bus driver managing to negotiate the smoke to go
1: the street outstanding <laughs> I don't care how he does it I don't care how he does it but he, he managed it
0: Mm. Uh, there's a fair few down there on uh, on Friday but just it, yeah. looking at social media and the videos and like say we posted one of the videos that you took and looking at the pictures it just looked it looked amazing as well and I think you're right I think obviously the results disappointing and we'll get to that but to, to, on, on a season that's been like it has mm. you know w- would it have happened if it had been in our season probably no. Probably not No because But it just shows you, you What it's games, meant yeah. I mean mm-hmm. To just get something That that To close to the team But we said it I think On the, the first uh, The first time For the Aberdeen game That if, if the players Were ever in any doubt Of the fans support You know It showed it that day And again it showed it On Friday
1: Yeah You yeah, know boys were taking half days Just to be there for What was essentially a, a two minute thing You know The mm-hmm. players get on the bus The bus leaves We all go him. But it was just it just felt good, you know, because I was I was trying to say it to Leo because he was a bit he was a bit meh about the whole thing leading up to it's it. PSF to play, is he? Exactly. I mean, he's not exactly. keen. Exactly, and he wanted to go to the park and kick a boot. But once it, once he saw the crowds and like the smoke bombs and a couple of songs were getting sung, players were coming out on the bus. He he was really in that, you know. And then when the bus was leaving, it was just it was tremendous, you know, and. It, Maybe it's not as good as I'm saying it was because we've no been in the ground for over a year. I don't know, but I know in the moment I was absolutely beside myself. I was loving it. The wee man was loving it. And everybody there, I think, was loving it as well.
0: Um, before the players and that come out, what, what was it like? What was there was just chatter going back and forth with people? Was songs starting to go? Was it starting to build? Was it? What are you getting that nervous excitement? Or was it just in a real excitement that was starting to build, thinking, no, but I've not seen this forever, for ages, no, months? I was just looking forward to it. Uh, and it
1: was slowly but because sh- I got there sharp, because there was there was obviously, to go back to the start, when I found out that this was happening, it was a very hush-hush, like, keep this off of social media, day this, day that. <laughs> and then on the day, there was like a rumour that, oh, the bus is actually leaving at three. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's not good to me, because I had picked the burn up for skill, quarter past three. So I picked him up and I thought, I'm driving past Tanadice. To my share, the buses are there. And sure enough, they were. So, you know, parked up and whatever.
0: That's what happens when you listen to bullshit rumours in a group chat. That people tell you people are on the bus this, early. This is very That's, true. So You need to call these people out. And <laughs> I've just called them out for the bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's boys going down there, dinner ruin it for them. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean?
1: No, but it, it was absolutely fantastic. Like, it really was... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I was hoping that we'd be doing it again in a couple of weeks, but
0: that's, that's not going to be the case. And listen, the, the club had to put out what they did on social media, saying e- that has to happen, right? That has to happen. Obviously, we've got a wee five hun involved in our social media, saying, oh, Nicola, I hope you maybe take a wee look at this, Nicola. Look what's going on with these mass gatherings. Get a what in your box. <laughs> Honest to God, man. There's an boy in his tax for a shite, but uh, just shut up, man. Anyway, that was Friday. Mm. If you weren't nervous and excited by then, how were you feeling Saturday morning? That's
1: when I started feeling a wee bit, a wee bit antsy about the whole thing. Because whether or not it's, I'm able to switch off of it, or I was busy at work, whatever it was, uh, Monday to Friday, I wasn't really, wasn't really sweating it. But Saturday morning, or Friday night into Saturday morning, didn't get much of a sleep because I was just thinking about the game. Uh, and then I was
0: quite nervous in the morning. Mm. Uh, obviously, but it's only an hour later kickoff, but it throws you, off. It throws you off, does it? Uh, it didn't half, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Did, did, it felt—I don't know if it—it it felt really weird. Maybe it was just because I was trying to keep myself busy. But every time you you went on social media, you would you would see like somebody being mega excited, head mm-hmm. confident, and then somebody else was like, "I am shitting at the day <laughs> and." It was quite nice to read it. And and then, probably in the afternoon, I kind of, any sort of feelings I had disappeared. See, about half past two, mm-hmm. I was like a wreck. I just felt terrible.
1: Ah, the closer it got, it was just, it was more anticipation that I was feeling. I just wanted the game to start. Uh, but yeah, I just seemed to go through like a phase of maybe four or five hours of feeling nervous. But then mm-hmm. once we got to dinner time, you're just counting down the, the clock until you kick off, basically. But it was, Ugh. Yeah, it, it was a different, it was a strange semi-final day because obviously you'd normally be parking up and getting ready to go early doors anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that was not, not the case this season. So it was a wee bit different that way, but it was still a semi-final. It was still a big occasion. Still a few butterflies floating about. It's so weird to
0: to like see Hamden I know we've seen it with Scotland games but when you are thinking I but should be it, there but when it's your end be my top half yep. in the well, end we know the top off, you know looking boys faces <laughs> just it should have been not in today's world that's why we're not there unfortunately but yeah uh, it, was, it was horrible horrible to see that that side of it but anyway same team again a third game in a Troll which I think may be a Mickey Mellon record I'm not Mm. sure it's happened yeah
1: (laughs) that was not a surprise though that it was the same team again Mm. Uh, I think I think most people thought that Uh, and you as we sat here last week and we said look if the team that played against Aberdeen shows up we've got a good chance if it's the team that plays Ross County then we've got no chance and it was I suppose in at the end of the game you're looking (laughs) at well They were nowhere near as good as they were against Aberdeen, but they were nowhere... For my opinion, anyway, they were nowhere near as bad as they were against Ross County, but uh, I'm just just, just feeling a wee bit deflated about the whole thing. Yeah. Because you get so close, you know, and it's the year when Celtic and the Rangers are nowhere near the last four. It's kind of a bit of a... You've got a a bigger chance. Of course you do. Of course you do. So it's a serene to take.
0: Uh, And um, first off, uh, again... Seem to just go on for forever, really, because again, I think they spent the most of the half shouting out loud that I should be there, we should be there, mm. and then uh, Liam Smith just knocks a header into the air and a couple of passes later, it's nestling itself inside Dennis's post. I can, I can. at
1: the time I was like when he's when he's headed that straight up in the air, I'm shouting header back to the keeper, and then it falls to, and whatever we'll gives it to Nisbet and great finish, but. I was I was losing my shit at that point. Like, how did you know? Because he never really he never really did anything. He, he never headed it out to clear it. He never headed it back to the keeper to to get it completely dealt with. He just headed it straight up. Uh, he didn't really deal with it at all. But but even before that, like we had chances, you know, and for some reason the chances were our bloody fan of Harks. And there was there was one in particular, like the header. He's, he's obviously he's got the ahead of it
0: centre half's missed it, missed it I man. think
1: he thinks because I certainly thought the centre half was going to deal with that he's dog shit, that centre half as well and uh, Jesus and then the other one was when Shanklin had the ball and he's running through and he gets to the edge of the box hit it there's, there's nobody else or, or if
0: you're not hitting it pass it to your left because Nicky Clark's on his in, on his bad foot but he's put it on a re right foot don't try and take a touch just stick your foot through it I, I, I'm I'm wanting Shanklin there. Shot there. Shanklin's—he's got two defenders in front of him. I don't think, think he's got a clear route to goal. Shanklin. I still, I still don't think he's got a clear route to go. But it's, I think the ball at Hearts there's nothing mm. wrong with it. The touch is wrong. If he puts it to Nicky Clark, it's on his wrong foot. Mm. But and that was early, wasn't it? early-ish Yeah, it was before the goal. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. The start that might have been. I know. I know. It was. Yeah, we started with about a purpose.
0: Do you, want, then, do you want to talk about uh, the booking yeah for Butcher mm-hmm. I could see why it's a booking okay, I think this I'll, is about to roll on to ref
1: watch at the same yeah, time here I could see why it's a booking because the way he goes in in today's game regardless of the fact that he got all the ball and nothing but the ball you kind of go in with your studs showing that's just that's just the way it is Uh but for Martin Boyle to be squealing like a wee lassie, and I apologise to wee lassies that are listening to that, uh, that's that's just cheating. He didn't get touched. I didn't think he got touched at the time, and then you see the replay, the camera's right there. He doesn't get touched, so I don't know what he's squealing at. No idea. So it was, it's any of them. It's, it's probably, because I've watched football for years and years and years, it's a shite yellow card. But in today's game, it probably is a yellow card. <laughs>
0: The thing is, as well, and, and on Martin Boyle, mm. Jamie Robson gets booked. Now, Jamie Robson's a booking, he pulls him back. Yeah. What about Boyle throwing himself to the deck in the penalty box? When he's actually, Robson's not actually got his hand on him by then, yeah. and he just throws himself doing like a salmon, okay. which is doing offence to salmon. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Martin Boyle. Like, I, In
1: short, I think he's a like he's he's He is what he is. He uses his pace. He wins fouls. He's quite good at that but he, he makes Aachen look way worse than it is, and there's certain things he just completely fabricates. Yeah. Uh, there was also in the first half, he's had a look at Robson, the, the bar was looping up in the air, it was on the touchline, no far for worry, made out that Butcher had absolutely killed him, uh, and he's arched his board, he's looked at Robson, and Robson's went right over the back, I'm well, landing on his back, and there's none for that. Boy's kicking the Bawa. Uh that, no. Th- I can't. It's, it's kind of petty, I It's twice, But it gets on my nerves, run because yeah. in the rules, it's not even up for like interpretation. It's a booking. Book-in. If you kick the barwa, it's a booking. And the and, and it's, the boy Newell, yeah, he's volleyed Shankland, volleyed him. I mean, I, I don't account how that's no a booking at the very least. Mm. And people will say how oh, he didn't mean it. I don't care if he meant it. He's volleyed him. He has volleyed an opposition player mm. in the middle of the putt. then a not care if he hurt himself.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter if he's seen him or not. It's still the way it was. You had the two, the two kicking the ball away moments. You had the, the, the bit when he kicks the ball away of uh, Porteous, who's already on a, a mm-hmm. yellow card. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a, I think it's in the first half when I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, or somebody will call was out of it. I think Mark Reynolds is playing like a left winger at the time. Goes to take the throw and Somebody kicks it yep, away. It's like yep. it's a booking. Yeah, like and it's pay. Listen, if and we you're are getting c- shitty bookings for that mm-hmm. near the end of a game, yeah. I, I will applaud shy house like it. Mm-hmm. But it's a booking. There's no. He's not even been booked. No, Not he's spoken to. And the reason Reynolds, well, I think it was Reynolds wanted
1: to take the the quick throw in. through. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was cl- it was clever. I mean, I've got the issue with The Hibs players doing it, perfect Boyle like throwing his cell out of the place. But the shite house tactics for the Hibs players, as you say, I would want United players to do that as well. It's on the referee to clamp down on it, he's got to be the guy that's like, like, That's that's a I'm sorry, here, Mr. Newell. That's a booking. You can't volley players like that, or I'm sorry, Porteous. You're an arsehole and you kicked the bar. Well, that's a booking,
0: simple as that. I just didn't fancy it, did he? old didn't no. fancy the paperwork, I think. No. Um we're going 1-0 down at half time what are you, what are you thinking at that point? I thought was apart from like is that something burning in the oven? no, no
1: there was nothing burning in the oven uh, I thought that we would still get chances uh, and we did but it was the longer we obviously everybody was saying like the next goal is absolutely crucial if they get it then yeah, it's, it's probably do you want to talk about it? <sighs> well like we, we did have some chances Uh but the, the offside, and I'm I'm no any different for anybody else. In real time, I thought it was offside. In real time. And then you see it, obviously, when things get slowed down and paused, they usually look worse, whereas there's occasions when you're like, oh, that's a mile offside and it gets slowed down. You're like, oh, Christ, no, nah, I could see how the line twins no gave that. But this was this was so obvious. And it was a pass for, I think, was it Boyle that's put the ball through to him? Whoever it was that's put the ball through to him. It's like a, a four or a five-yard pass. It's not like the linesman's had... To, and the linesman... He's in line! In, in fairness to him, he's in the perfect he's position. He's in a great position! It, it's just, it makes no sense. And that, for me, killed us. Like, we still had chances after it, and we never stopped. But it just... Like, goals change games. We all know it. And would they would they have scored another end? Well, who knows? But it just took the wind right out of our sails for a wee bit. Uh and It was just such a piss poor decision, and I've, I didn't really go much on social media. But I saw somebody, I think it was a well, it must have been a Partick Thistle fan, saying that, ah, and that's what you get for the Nicky Clark shove. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> if that's the way the football gods are working. But two wrongs didn't make a right, and it was an absolute terrible decision for the lines, man. It was horrendous. And, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've held a great line, you know, mm-hmm. defended perfectly there. Apart from the fact you could say, right, you should have stopped the pass. But we've held a good line, we've played him off, and the linesman's just a lot carry. But,
0: but the thing is, on. like like you say though, how many decisions do you see when you know you look along the line and maybe the linesman's actually behind the full back, so maybe he hasn't got a you great view. He's in a brilliant position. Couldn't couldn't be in a better position. He's oh. done he's done his
1: job perfectly. A perfectly put the flag up in there.
0: Unbelievable. And then we do like I say, we did we did have chances. Um Chandler, a great chance for McNulty's cross good save for the keeper I'll give you that but it's a, it's a good chance maybe 8 yards out yep it's you a know. good chance we've heard uh, Robson coming out at the back post on his on standing foot I just don't think but he believed he was he was going to score I don't think he believed it did you? I think if he mishits it he probably scores mm. that's the thing Yeah, but yeah we, we had chances obviously there was um, I mean that was that was far on but obviously there was changes made you know Adrian Spoiler come on for Nicky Clark but you know, then we went two 0 down, and then we kept obviously throwing people forward and and going for it. Went to three at the back, obviously the Calum Butcher stepped back, in then we have a uh, a Martin Boyle Maisie that nobody bothers to take him out. It's not Maisie, right? You just run me the bar, and then uh, Ryan Edwards uh, it, it takes him out, and then it goes to a free kick, and I'm thinking, I'm watching and going, this is a pile of shite. This and then he obviously hits it right at Dennis, but you're just thinking, it just shows that you're going for it, and they will get chances, and I was just oh, glad course. he put it right at the goal. <laughs>
1: yeah, of course but that's that's why the second goal completely changes the game, yeah. Be- because we had to we had to change everything.
0: We had to go for it. Well, what about on that foul, though? If he lets that play, mm-hmm. it's a great finish. Have you seen what the boy Deutsch does? Mm. Flicks it over Dennis and puts it in. Yeah. You're aggrieved that it goes against you, obviously, but I was kind of glad that... He did blow his whistle that time, but um, it, it was frustrating. strain. Um, was it nerves? Was it conditions? Were we too hesitant in the final third? I don't
1: know. I mean, there's... We, we've not got the greatest record against Hibs as we touched on last week. In the last... No wins in seven? Yeah, in the last 18 months or so, we've no... I mean, they are, they are a better team than us. I think man for man, uh, they're a better team than us. Yeah, I kind of sit here and say they're no one. We kind of we kind of bit them even the one that we got a draw against them at Easter Road this year we kind, it of, was a lucky draw well, I would say
0: Easter Road Bolton when he scored oh the- I thought I, sorry I thought you were mean. the Scottish Cup sorry I was keeping Cup going but yeah when it was too old aye? oh no we, I mean we were, but again that was we were, we were staring nil point into the of course and we got that point in the end so
1: they are, they are the better team uh, but we had
0: chances man we had chances yeah. i mentioned, by the way for Dennis a save near the end yeah. for I had today which I think it was that and he punched a, well, a corner away
1: that was it like Ibs, we, we managed to limit them to no very many chances and the chances that they did get were when we were going for it you know so if you're going for it you're you're going to create or you're going to leave yourself open at the back to to allow the opposition chances but that's just a
0: gamble you've got to take when you find yourself 2-0 down
1: in the semi-final
0: yeah, I mean, I looked at the stats, and you know, we had three on target. They had four because obviously Shanklin had about three chances, right? The death. I'm not sure if anyone would have went doing because it was a sclaff a deflection, and whatever else. You know, but it was that. I mean, they said before the game. I don't know if you've seen this on on Premier, when obviously they had good United representation on uh, on the Premier Sports. But they did say that, and Derek kind McKenna of said it. How many times? have you been excited for a semi-final and they're no great and he's probably right Mm -hmm. like they're no great I didn't think it was a bad game I think it's certainly the way we went about it and we certainly went for it you know you kind of say we never went for it in the second half we were taking chances we were getting caught out of the back now and again Mm -hmm. Um, but when you're you're pushing for it and trying to try I think Mark McNulty went close, and there were a couple of cross balls that didn't quite get to Ryan Edwards. I liked his
1: shite housery as well when the keeper put <laughs> the about. And, yeah. and he was like, nah.
0: Listen, I didn't agree a lot with what Stephen Craig and, and Michael Stewart said because it was a pure Hibs loving, and how hard luck Hibs have had. But Michael Stewart, one of them said... Well, the keeper should put it out of the park. Stephen
1: Craigan said that, and Michael Stewart said the opposite. He was like, it's known in the spirit of what he says. Clearly, that's what the keeper intended to do. Well, do it then. Ah, if date. the keeper kind of kicked the bar from the middle of
0: his box into the stand, then... Listen, if you're 2-0 doing the semi-final, i uh, i i had any issue with it. See when the bar come to him, and he gave it back when that the of the in uh, come. Should've just run me it. Fucking should've. <laughs> like... It's, it's, uh, it's... This is no meaningless league game. is Scottish <laughs> Cup semi-final. Yeah, I know? You know? I mean, the fans are there. Is that a different story? I'm not sure. Like, no, I just just means he gets booed a wee bit in the huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, what it, cares it. about that? Correct. Um, but they're Hibs are good up top. You know, Boyle, Dodge Doi, and double figures. They're, they're going to be dangerous for any team. It's probably theirs to lose now, if you if you know what I mean. Uh Overall. Obviously, take away totally the disappointment, no being there to be involved, or, or, or uh, just, how did you sum up the ninety? Just minutes? disappointing,
1: just disappointing. Uh, like as I say, the better team did probably win. Could we have played better? Yeah, so could they probably. You know, it was a chance we we created chances. Just was not be. I suppose I'm just yeah. Just, I just personally I just feel a bit deflated about it. Uh, but as what as to say gone we for me when the final whistle went i thought that's that's the season done now again we've still got two games to go and again we'll still put out a podcast for the next few weeks but it just feels like that's that's the season done
0: but i think when you when you do get there it's you get to a semi final it's going to feel like that you know it's different though if if, if you're Kilmarnock, like Ross county Especially Hamlin. Especially when there's no old firm you mm. know you, you you do get your hopes up
1: i mean deep down I always felt that Hibs should win the game. But, like, we had a chance. We absolutely had a chance. Because Hibs are made great shakes. You know, and on another day, we... I mean, if you take some chances... Again, we did not. It's a case of if my auntie had bad, she'd be my uncle. But, like, we we were not absolutely cuffed yesterday, I didn't think, you know. We didn't play as, as well as we could have. We didn't play as bad as we have. It's just a missed opportunity, you know,
0: but it's... That's, that's where we are yeah I mean we didn't throw in the, the towel we no. did come up short um, we've lost it through a mistake an offside but like you say we, we probably weren't quite good enough on the day no complaints about it getting back to Hamden in our first season you know it's it, it's a pretty nice occasion it's just disappointing to to go out yeah. uh, in the in the semi-final and you know a lack of effort no I think we tried was there a lack of quality? Possibly. We, we definitely didn't have luck on our side. I think you always need a bit of luck when it comes to these stages. Um, but I agree. I mean, we said at the top, I don't think we're allowed to be disappointed. But I don't think we're in meltdown territory here. I mean, no. we've played a hell of a lot worse in games this season and no other no, isn't much effort and all that kind of shit that goes with it. You know, um, and I think Dean Kept actually said that uh, I wish we'd signed Nesbit two years ago. So do I. I think he he he's a very impressive player. Yeah. Uh, but two games to go in order to secure seventh spot. Each position's worth about 60 grand. So there's about 120 grand up for grabs. So certainly Wednesday and uh, Saturday is, uh, Sunday sorry, is where it's at. Before that though, can you pick a man of the match? And did you see Mark McNulty's post-match? Uh,
1: I didn't realise... I didn't see anything post-match really like Mickey Mellon was on the TV but I wasn't really listening I was I was just still sitting uh,
0: there Mark basically said we shouldn't part our backs on for getting to the semi-final which I think he's right because we didn't get to the final ultimately mm-hmm. and uh, he was disappointed he is a player and some people it might split opinions but I really like Marman Olley I think mm-hmm. he's a very clever football player yeah, he's, got um, something. he's still got a year on his deal at Reading but he says he's not against coming back. Mm-hmm. But again, he has to the report there in, uh, in the summer to see what it's what. But, but I did interrupt you. Your man, of the match.
1: Probably it'd be, oh, right? oh, it would be. I was all right. I was decent. thought Edwards and Reynolds were quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Especially when Edwards thought he was a left winger.
1: Or Reynolds. Probably, I thought he yeah. was flying up that little wing. Pro- probably one of them. I think that we we handled most of what Hibbs threw at us. And most of the day, Dennis didn't have much to do. He really didn't. Didn't have much to do. I'd probably get the to Reynolds or Edwards. Alright. Scrantes, Leah? I just had a couple of sweet chilli pies that my mate Andrew bought with Oof. pie bobs in our growth. They were decent. They were decent. And they were eaten pretty much, so...
0: This hour, the hour exactly. delay has killed you. Exactly, half two, they were, they were munched. <laughs> they were gone. <laughs> uh, right, so, the uh, Scottish Cup campaign over for uh, another year, and we don't really care what wins it. But um, this week, double dunter. Motherwell on Wednesday, 6 o'clock, and then we place at mum on Sunday at half 12, I think it might be. Um Which both are... Well, I didn't mind the six o'clock on a Wednesday. I'll, I'll give you that, but half twelve on a on a Sunday, they're only getting me do something at half past twelve on a yeah. Sunday. Exactly, um, acceptable. But you've said that your kind of season's finished, but there are still two games to go this week. Yeah, it's maybe just because I'm just feeling a bit a bit keek about the fact that we've
1: we've missed a, a golden opportunity to to win a cup and get into Europe and for the club to make a wee bit of money and. Yeah, just as I sit here today, I'm sure I'll go over it within a day or two. But it's it's just disappointing, and the, the players are they're going to have to go some lift themselves to play essentially two meaningless games. It's no meaningless in terms of league position, though. No, absolutely not. But like, it's it's kind of meaningless in in many other ways. You know, it's no meaningless financially. I'm sure Mr. Ogren would wrap my puss for saying that they're meaningless. Can't wait. Till he does. Uh, well, he's on the other side of the Atlantic, so it's not happening anytime soon. Well, you say that. Please welcome today's special <laughs> guest. <laughs> All right, Mister Ogden <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've not even thought about the next two games, but I'm just for me. Yesterday, that that was the season done. So we'll, we'll see. Uh,
0: Tanadice on. Uh, Wednesday night, six o'clock kick off, and then St Myrne, uh away on Sunday at twelve o'clock. I believe is the kick off going by the United website. Uh, we'll be done by the time that game even kicks off between St Myrne and the COVID Fairmars at Hamden the day. Uh, so let's. Uh, there's not much else to say. Two games to go. We, we need. We kind of need six points, lads. So. Let's go and get it. Let's do them. Let's move on. Uh, the rumor mill today, by the way, the Benji Sigrist be linked with Ipswich for apparently four hundred thousand pound, and Kerr Smith a half a million pound target for Aston Villa. Uh,
1: uh, I mean, Benji's been our star man of the season, nay doubt about it, and he's worth a hundred grand less than Kerr Smith. And, and I, we like Garth Smith. Mm. We're not saying anything about that, but that's just that's just football's crazy sometimes, is it not? Since he's got a year on his contract,
0: that's th- about twelve. That's well, a year on his contract. I think he's certainly got a better team and four hundred grand. I think mm. it's the year on the contract kind of thing. But, yeah, um, yeah. Interesting to read that today. Whether there's much truth in it. Couldn't tell you, yeah, dear. It also says about Kerr Smith that United wouldn't stand in his way. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's valued that high, I think half a million pounds. You might be looking for double that if you, uh, yeah. if that's the kind of value a Premier League um, team are coming in to give you. But and who was that? That was after him, uh, Aston Villa. Villa.
1: I think he's been down there, as you know.
0: Did you know go down there? Was at Man time. United, certainly, and yeah, all that much. I think he's done a wee tour of the teams down there. Mm, yeah, so interesting. But well, uh, that was in the rumor mill today. You've probably seen it by this comes out, obviously. But just thought we'd mention it. Uh, Jack Newman sees extending his contract to twenty twenty three. The backup goalie got injured in January, so he's on the way back. Very highly rated, especially by Neil Alexander. I'm led yeah. to believe,
1: which is good. I had a wee chuckle when he said it's been a been a good year. <laughs> really nobody not the house for about six months Jack <laughs> nothing about it has been good nobody can't if you exist because nobody's seen you <laughs> other
0: than the people at the club
1: yeah but fair dues fair dues Tom um,
0: season tickets just under three and a half thousand season tickets which yeah. is just incredible mm-hmm. given that uh, I saw that Aberdeen had sold like 1500 so far you know I don't know that's a good thing or a bad thing don't know when it went on sale or whatever yeah, but it's still depends, yeah you know? Yeah, Aberdeen will shift more than us in the yeah, full next so. time
1: because they'll have they'll their hopes up with glass even before he turns into a disaster as well up there, but there's, <laughs> there'll be an excitement.
0: Yes, certainly there, w- there will be, but 3,500 well done to each and every one of you. More details on the website, dunderefc.co.uk. Now it's time for Paul's favourite part. He spends a night writing this, sometimes looking at... And sometimes even puts the effort in. The loan report. So on to the loan report. Uh, kieran
1: Freeman up at Peterhead. Sheep finished his loan spell at Peterhead the way he started it, starting and finishing the match. kieran has played at left back again and has even managed to set up a goal, but his team have unfortunately lost this fixture to Jim Duffy's men 3-2. It was of little consequence to Peterhead, however, as they they were already safe, and in my opinion, Sheep's loan spell should provide some valuable experience for him, as he played a lot of football this year. Be interesting to see how it pans out for him back at Tannadice next season. Kai Fotheringham and Lewis Nielsen at Falkirk Lewis and Kai's loan spells came to a crashing end last Tuesday, as Falkirk managed to complete their monumental end-of-season collapse in horrifically woeful style. When the lads went on loan to Falkirk, I felt that it would be good for them, as they were going to a team where they'd hopefully get some game time for a side that was going for the title. can't believe just how wrong I was on nine. The lads have played plenty of minutes during their loan spell, but their team went from half-decent to bad to utterly dreadful. It's crazy what's happened to the Burns. As for their final game, both Lewis and Kai started the match away to Airdrie, with Lewis playing the full match and Kai have, has been withdrawn after 72 minutes. The match itself finished 2-0 to Airdrie, with both goals coming in the last two minutes of the match and ultimately knocking Falkirk out of the playoffs and ending their season. Ross Graham at Cove Rangers Cove took on Airdrie at home in the first leg of the playoffs on Saturday, and Big Ross has played the full 90 minutes. He managed to get his name on the score sheet this week, but it was one that he'll no be shouting about. He scored an own goal in the 55th minute, which gave Airdrie the lead at the time, Luckily for Ross, XD Leighton McIntosh was on hand to grab an equaliser for Cove in the 66th minute, and that is the way that it remained until after the final whistle. Still all to play for in the second leg, and Ross will be hoping for a better outcome next time. Chris Mockery at Montrose. On Tuesday night, title winners Partick rocked up at Lynx Park in a game that Montrose had to win to have any chance of making the playoffs. Young Chris started this game on the bench but did come on in the 65th minute with the score tied at 2-all. The mighty Mo knew that they needed the three points so threw everything at it to get them and with only three minutes left on the clock, they got the goal that took them into Saturday's fixture against Morton. It was to be a positive result for Montrose as they won and now take a 2-1 lead into the second leg down at Carpolo, midweek. But Chris was unfortunately an unused sub for the first leg. Adam King and Nathan Cooney at Wraith. On Tuesday night, Wraith and Dunfermline played out a lively 0-0 draw at East End Park. Adam and Nathan have both started the match on the bench and only Adam has managed to get his tracky tap off on the evening. He's came on for the last eight minutes. On to Saturday then and Wraith have comfortably saw off their fellow fifers 2-0 to move into a playoff against Dundee and they did so as both Adam and Nathan remained on the bench for the whole match. That's your loan report,
0: Mr Costello. Nice one. Uh, the Academy, the Young Terrors, suffer a difficult home defeat on Monday afternoon. Celtic ran out 3-1 winners at the HBC, but they went on and picked up the first away point of the Under-18 Elite League on Friday with a deserved 1-1 one, one draw at Hamilton Akes. Now, the women's team, the, league's, uh, the league has a total of eight fixtures left to play. It'll commence on Sunday the 6th of June, and having played 10 games already, the season will be concluded after two full rounds of fixtures as agreed by the clubs unanimously as part of the league's COVID contingency planning process. Now, SWPL2 will conclude on Sunday the 4th of July, the two teams gaining position, uh, promotion rather, to SWPL1 and no teams relegated. So the battle for the final promotion spot is likely to be extremely close with just seven points separating second and seventh currently in. Second spot is Dundee United, who will welcome ninth place Kilmarnock when the games restart next month. United came away 4-0 winners from Rugby Park when the sides met in December, and were also on a 6-game unbeaten run before the suspension of football, while Kilmarnock find themselves level on points uh, with 8th but are behind on goal difference. More United. Now the Community Trust have announced that an extensive community consultation is about to kick off As the charity aims to bring significant funds to the local area By way of a major capital upgrade within Fairmuir Park Now this come out in no place this week I didn't care what I was looking at I just saw a picture of Fairmure Park on my social media And I thought, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, it could be, it could be something good, like it. yeah. Uh, so we'll just keep an eye on that. Yeah, they're looking to basically, um, you know, hopefully get an all weather pitch down the line and upgrade the pavilion and stuff like that. It's a real ambitious project, but you can read more about it on the website DundeeUnitedFC.co.uk. Uh, The Supporters Foundation, they're delighted to announce that due to the support and fantastic backing from the 1,800-plus members, £17,500 was transferred to Dundee United, meaning the target total of £100,000 set in January has been met. Uh, This allowed DUSF to contribute much-needed additional funds to assist the club in the recovery from the financial impact caused by the pandemic. As, uh, like I say, over 1,800 members and they are targeting two if you want to get details, you can visit dufdus and then head to the donate page and uh, give what you can to help the foundation. Uh, the lottery is still £2,000. It's still no being won. But the 50-50 had a bit of a special one, uh, this for the game yesterday. First prize, £300 ticket number 111391 for 300 quid second prize gets you 100 pound ticket number 111354 and we have two bonus prizes which were signed footballs by the squad that were in the semi final this weekend and they one of them has went to ticket number 111482 and the other ball has went to 111504 so if you are any of those winners We're awfully jealous. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I mean, I think I speak for you, Paul, when I say we're awfully jealous.
1: I've not won anything for a while. I'm getting a wee bit pissed off with this. I know. I'm going
0: to buy me our tickets or something. support for the Fox podcast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide you can join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs you can get 20% off and free delivery by using the code Dodefox at manscaped.com now Uh, was asked basically what does it do Mm -hmm. what what does this do what is the lawnmower so, uh, I thought we'd uh, tell you a bit more about it because we were having a bit of fun last week mm-hmm. and it was quite humorous. So basically, um, well, one of the things Paul really likes, there's a wee light on it and you really like a wee light. And and uh, full disclosure, I kind of
1: laughed at the fact that there was a wee light on it, but it's a handy wee light, on. Yes. It's a handy wee
0: light. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. It's got a third generation trimmer which uh, features a cutting edge ceramic blade. It basically means you, you kind of really cut yourself now Can I nick a nut? you kind of nick your nuts so the video shows you if you watch any of the videos the YouTube videos it shows you somebody taking the blade are these your videos? and, put, no, 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 and putting no. it between that wee bit of skin between your thumb and your uh, your index finger so no. I was prodding on there it didn't cut us yeah. so I think that's a win as a win an absolute win Uh, it's a premium product the battery will last up to 90 minutes Uh, I mean if you if you're spending 90 minutes if you're blessed (laughs) what's going on there Um, it's waterproof as well so you can groom in the shower Uh, the LED light basically illuminates your grooming so you can get closer and more precise trimming Uh, it's got a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology I'm led to believe you've had a quiet stroke for a while anyway (sighs) Ronda. and let's not forget the charging stand Uh, you can show your more off loud and proud because uh, it's really nice it looks pretty cool it's convenient as well it's powered by USB Uh, so if you're listening to me speak right now I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself and let's get the bush to tush clean remember 20% off free delivery use the code DODEFOX at manscaped.com make your test days your best days right it is uh, oh it's now time for the funky music when we play Who Am I? so here it is Who Am I? is back it's five clues about a former United player but who indeed are they? Must have played 50 games, must have seen them play and we had a Hall of Fame on it last week. But the scores, it's Ronnie 38, it's Paul 36. But this week, it's time for Paul to get his own back. How have you felt the last few weeks? Because you said it the other day, uh, maybe last week's episode, you fell off a cliff.
1: That massively, yeah. What's happened? My forums just went out the windy. I've <sighs> basically fall it. <laughs> you've
0: either had a fall Kirk uh, You've either nicked your nuts
1: I, I Absolutely never nicked my
0: nuts Or
1: You're yeah, staring at websites You shouldn't have been. It's just It's just been a disaster But uh, There's no pressure I'm trailing You're going to go Further ahead this week We've only got A couple of weeks left uh, I, I feel like Conceding the How title for? Are you Are you telling
0: people now That's an official thing
1: uh, I'm I'm just thinking of handing in my resignation for the who am I or, or guess who is a few people call <laughs> oh, it
0: Jesus uh, so five points if you get around right in the first clue done that a couple weeks ago four points for the second clue three points for three third clue two points for the fourth one point for the fifth clue two points ahead I am I will stay at least two points ahead which is a good thing it's over to you Mr McNichol
1: clue number one this player Made his debut in senior football at sixteen years of age.
0: Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's a shite clue. But uh we're off and running. Here we were off and running. His senior debut, at sixteen. Well, we could probably move on because uh it could be a, it could be a lot of people. So I think you for a that's a shite clue, that's basically what I'm saying now. My clues are not
1: a shite this week. Really? I, I, I promise you. I promise you. <sighs> well, well, I'll see about that. No
0: idea. No idea? No. <laughs>
1: thought you would have opted for, for a particular player there, but okay. okay. Clue number two. <laughs> this player made his debut for United in a game against Montrose.
0: See clue number one Did you just say Was it senior debut mm-hmm. In this country mm-hmm. mm. It's neither of the two I was thinking of So you made a senior debut at 16 What was the other clue about Montrose
1: He made his debut for United In a game against Montrose At 16 No move on no idea <laughs> clue number three <laughs> this is quick today it's quick this internationalist uh, has also played for Wraith Rovers
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah my clues are not that like shite today I think this well <laughs> well <laughs> 16 Montrose played against Wraith Rovers what no played for Wraith Rovers yes
1: and he's an internationalist
0: Could be many. It's probably be a few. It's no. It's definitely not Craig Brewster. Um, it's played for Wraith Rovers. international, full international. There's no Adam yes. King. Just missed it. Hey,
1: missed it. He just missed it. Just missed it. On lack of ability or something. <laughs>
0: Uh, what clue is this? This is clue three. Oh, this is going to be quick. Been to that a few times. <coughs> Move on.
1: Okay. Clue number four. <laughs> this English born player oh, has, lost, has lost a cup final with United, won a cup final with United, and scored in a cup final for United. That's a good clue, on. This is where I think you'll excel. And because me and you are mates, the English-born part was to throw you off. Because that's not why he played for, country-wise. He played in the cup final for us. Sorry, he lost the cup final for us, he won a cup final for us, and he scored in a cup
0: final for us. Feel that, I feel that people are probably shouting now. A name.
1: I I would think people will get it on that clue.
0: Yeah, I
1: thought maybe the one before it, but that clue. But it's easy because I know who it is. It's easy. You're sitting there in a wee cloud of uncertainty. You're not really sure, just yet. <coughs> no, even got a
0: name. Okay, I've not even got a name and right. that's I'm hoping this is a giveaway I'm hoping this is a giveaway I don't, know, I
1: don't want you to embarrass yourself like I done a couple, <laughs> of, a couple of weeks on the bench Ah oh, man this is not good this player was sent off four times in his time at Tanadice and five times in one game at another team <sighs> <sighs> that effectively
0: ended his career I'll be brutally honest with you. My mind is blank.
1: (laughs) That's the way I've been a a couple of times. I,
0: I mean blank. Because I don't think he's just played for Wraith. I think you're taking the piss there. He never got sent off for Wraith. He got sent off five times
1: in one game. He scored for us in a cup final.
0: I I, generally, I I mean, logic tells me it should be Dave Bowman. Like, that's that the only name mm-hmm. that I have got. And he might have played at Wraith, possibly. I don't think that's the only... Um, I don't think that would be the only club he's played for, obviously. But I just... I think I might be shocked here if you tell me it's no Dave Bowman. <laughs> like, that's... Are you going for... Are you going for I've got, got no na- na other name. I've got absolutely no other name. Okay.
1: Well, before I tell you if you're right or wrong, this player's name rhymes with Rave Showman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes,
1: well done, Rondo.
0: Oh, man.
1: I didn't realise he was born in England.
0: Turnbridge Wells. That's the I forgot he was an international. oh no, I remembered that. I remembered that. Oh, that's... That's no good. That's no good. Mm. Must try harder. Must do better. You got it. Yeah. You got it. Come on. That's pretty uh, pretty shit. Anyway, who am I? Returns next week. Uh, Thank you very much to everyone who has uh, purchased a Nadir... Mug, uh, which have already started getting delivered, which, mm-hmm. is, which is pretty damn good. Thanks very much. And, um, Andrew said, uh, he didn't realize they were coming direct. Yes, they are, because we don't want you getting a flag when you open the door and Paul's standing there. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you very much to everyone who has. Um, uh, the t shirt should be on sale this week if Paul said that the one he got sent the other day is fine, really. It's fine, really. Good, I, thanks for the endorsement. Yes, you've sold that well if they I would check the sizes
1: again oh like, yeah, because
0: they're especially
1: the same as the white one yeah size wise will be available
0: uh, in black and white but it's, it's a good quality t-shirt yeah mm. okay so they'll be on sale this week com, and uh, sorry it's about a week late for the t-shirts but it's just a week late getting it to, to see how it looked black with a white print so there yes. you go they'll be on by the time you've hopefully listened to this they'll be available for sale but they will be on sale from today which is Monday the 10th of May uh, also, last week we stuck out the first edition of our uh, newsletter. Now, there are some teething issues, I'll give you that, but do check your junk mail, your spam mail, and whatever other mail where it may be chucked. And in there, full of content, there's a wee mention for last week's episode, there's a mention with a direct link to buy your uh, Nadir mug, and there's a link to view the video of Paul taking on. The Super Sure Sweet Challenge uh, last week. Uh, when did you get the taste back in your mouth? Uh, Wednesday morning. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It
1: was minging. It was, it was
0: tough. Um, some
1: boy on social media was slating my couch, saying <laughs> I looked like I was sitting on a burn set. <laughs> uh, it's no a set, it's just I'm freakishly tall. <laughs> It's just the angle,
0: about three mile apart. Angle, yes. uh, but yeah, so um, that that was quite amusing. But uh, there's a link uh, on our bio on our social media if you want to. No, sign no, no for the mail amusing list. as
1: you know, being able to count to twenty. What I do you was soaking that sweetie for about twenty six seconds. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, was your point? That was a twenty-second sweetie sucking challenge.
0: To, uh, wasn't it the twenty-six-second sweetie suking challenge? That's my point. Anyway, um, this is the final week that you can stream Smile on the uh, Dundee Rep website. Don't forget there is a Q&A on Friday 14th of May. Some of the former players can all be booked through the Dundee Rep website, uh, dundeerep.co.uk. So, uh, to go, we've still got on this day, but before all that, it's time for this. So our guest this week on the podcast is Hazne Joffrey. Hasney, how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm fantastic, thank you um, And thanks for inviting me on yeah. Excited
0: Yeah, no problem at all Have we got the pronunciation right of your name?
2: That's the best one I've heard I've been called all sorts Called <laughs> horse, A lot of names um, But yeah, I think that's one of the best ones I've heard So
0: yeah, well done Take <laughs> that, tick, thanks very much um, Obviously Hasney, we'll, we'll talk about your time at United uh, and stuff But let's take it all the way back As we like to with these things What's kind of your earliest football in memory?
2: Yeah, well, well, I'm 42 now, so I think the, my earliest memory was when I was eight years of age, and I think it was the World Cup 1986. Um, Maradona with the, the famous hand of God. Oh, what uh, a
0: goal! What a goal. Uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the time, I think it was, I think we was all glued to our screens at the time. It was like, wow, this is amazing. So, I think from, from that moment, it was. Football, football, football! Playing on the outside, on, on the streets, and on the grass in school. Uh, just fell in love with with football after watching, I guess, that World Cup. And then, I guess, I'm uh, living in Manchester, and I guess North Manchester, it's kind of a very working class. All you really did was, you know, you go to school and straight away from school, you come home and you're playing football till till it was like it was it was pitch black. So, that's my earliest memories. Uh, yeah, falling in love, playing football. No. No one telling me what to do in terms of being coached or anything like that. It was literally play with your mates and until you was shouted back in by your by your parents.
0: Yeah. Who who are you who are you pretending pretending to be in the playground?
2: You know what? At the time I think right, it was Ryan Giggs at the time. I think he was just coming through. Um I'd heard his name as a youngster, I think like 14, 15, so he heard his name, Ryan Giggs, and it was like I'd seen something about him, and then all of a sudden he did flash up quite soon after. Um it was, uh, I don't know, it was obviously following up with Maradona and, and I think it was Brian Robson. It was all these players at the time. I think it was right. It really got me. just used to see him running with a ball down the wing and creating all these chances to score. And I think from that point, that really got me. It was I really got hooked to football at that point. So, yeah
0: are you are you then like a lot some people that we talk to in here that they're they heroes like a winger or a goal scorer and then you end up being a centre half or a left back or or a goalie or a goalie yeah
2: <laughs> yeah I'm one of them I think I, I had a goal at trying to take the world on which obviously never happened uh, mm-hmm. yeah then obviously you navigate to somewhere where people say you, you, you're more better at and I think like I guess for my childhood I had a varied experience in terms of positions and playing playing a game not just for school it was like a town team counter then I was fortunate to join Manchester United as a young schoolboy um, so there was I guess different levels of football but a variety which was really important back, back when I was a young kid so yeah you navigate well well, I navigated I kept going back back, back and back I was, yeah I was on the subs bench quite a bit as well in the end so <laughs>
0: So you, you mentioned there as a, a schoolboy at Man United So how, how did you get picked up by then?
2: Um, again play for school um, I think that's where it started as I think it was eight years of age uh, nine I was playing for school I think they, they were all 11 year olds and I was this little kid playing for playing for my primary school you know and then I think from there from was eight, nine I got picked up by a guy called Brian Kidd who's at Man City now he's mm-hmm. the first team coach there so Brian Kidd was the local scout um, for Man United and he took a shine to me early doors and then yeah coming through through kiddo and yeah I think age of nine got, got into the system at United as well as all the other football kind of um, clubs I was involved in. it was yeah that, that was how I got in there and I was from the age what from the age of eight nine to the age of 16 at, at United yeah when,
0: was that when you went to Bolton then
2: yeah so yeah my time came to an end at, at the age of 16 they told me I wasn't tall enough At that point, um, it wasn't too much, uh, I don't know, there wasn't much information in terms of how big you're going to be and, you know, kind of predicting what's going to happen to you physically throughout, you know, going forward. So, yeah, it was was a real tough moment, actually. Uh, Getting released at 16, Man United fan, loved the club and wasn't even prepared for it and then kind of just fell off the face of the earth, really. Um, Got released and struggled. I went to a good couple of clubs as a, I went to Liverpool to train, and they, they just kept me training. I went to Rotherham. They said no. There was another one that said no. You're not good enough. I went to Stoke City under Lou Macari, and all I did for three days was run around a, re- a reservoir. Never kicked a ball. I told me it wasn't good enough. Who else? I think it was one more. I think it was maybe three or four no's at the time. You're know, like, you're borderline. How many more no's? And how many mm-hmm. more rejections? I was dead fortunate. I played in a, in a, in a trial game for Baltimore Andrews against Burnley. Um, at this Astra turf, and then the, the youth team manager for Bolton Dean Crombie came up to me at the end of the game said we like what we see we'd like to offer you a YTS back in the day that that was uh, that was what it was called so uh, you know it was like wow absolutely I can't wait so dead dead lucky you know that one opinion got me got me through that, that net because it was it was certainly going the other way you know
1: mm. uh, how supportive were your parents at that time? Then, when you obviously you're you're heartbroken to leave Man United, yeah. and then you're getting all these knockbacks.
2: Yeah, it was very hard to take the Man United one, but yeah, my mum and dad were were unbelievable back back then. Obviously, I struggled. It was GCSE year as well, so my exams kind of suffered. Um, I think I suffered mentally. There was yeah, with the, with the extra rejections, you're just thinking, wow, you know, because my childhood really was was full of amazing experiences, you know representing Man United in tournaments and going here, there and everywhere and being the best player in your school team, town team, all these mass, massive highs. Very rarely took a dip. Very rarely was you know, kind of deemed not good enough. You know, and then all of a sudden it was like United's to no. And then going to Stoke, Rotherham, I think Blackburn what might have been one. Training at Liverpool, that would have been a no. And then just being very lucky to get through. So yeah, my mum and dad and family were unbelievable at the time. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of luck in it. Like I say, football's just full of opinions, isn't it? So that was the first, you know, that breakthrough. I managed to to get through, you know, where many don't.
0: Yeah. Mm What kind of? Would there been any notable names in that Man United team with you? Yeah, um, Jonathan MacKen. He,
2: I don't know if you know. Jonathan Jonathan MacKen played. He, he, he got through. Then signed for Preston and then went to Manchester City for five million pounds. So he did. He had a decent career, Jonathan. And then uh, Ronnie Warwick was another one. He won the Premier mm-hmm. League with United. So Ronnie was uh, another another teammate of mine coming through, and he, he was a, he was a wonderful player, um, fantastic, good, great guys. But there was others as well um, who kind of I think they flitted around the, the game, um, but just didn't manage to get through for, for either injury or you know not getting the look.
0: Yeah, did you? you yeah. When you're in at Man United for that long, and other people we've been lucky enough to speak to, you know, a lot of them are down tools at school because it was that's all it was going to be. See if it hadn't worked out going to Bolton, what do you think would have happened? What would you have been doing?
2: Honestly, I have no idea. Right, and that's the truth because I think back back then there was no preparation or no real. I guess from both sides, the you know. Man United didn't have any aftercare. Not like everyone else. There was no real strategy of what you what you're going to do next. Is well, you know, you released. If you want to carry on, you can maybe get, make a phone call to Berry. I think the guy said the guy was called Les Kershaw. Never been, never been in football. I think he was a school teacher or a lecturer. You know, this guy was the one who released me, so he didn't really understand where, where my background was and all the rest of it. What, what I've done to fall in up with the game. So he was that was the no, but. I think I think maybe around the age of 15, 16, you asked to go to college to, to go and pick your options or something at college. If I remember rightly, I I might have walked into a college once, uh, but never took it serious. So to answer your question, back then that would have been it could have been so so dangerous really from you know for my life because not in a in a crazy way, but there was no real plan because my GCSEs fell off as well, you know. I think it was predicted half decent and then I really
0: struggled so yeah absolutely and yeah you go to Bolton um, you were there for a, f- a few years you made your debut was it 1997 you made your debut so how old were you then? I was 19 so I was
2: in 97 okay it might be it was in 97 or 98 I can't remember maybe one of them one of the years yeah I was 19 but but when I went into Bolton I, I literally hit the ground running. it um, it was just I just it was like uh, this guy kind of talked to me, Dean Crombey, and I went in for pre-season, and I, I think I got a nickname, Helicopter, because they give me all these jobs, and it was just all I used to do, I'd get in there, honestly, it was, it was crazy, I'd take, get three buses to get in there, I'd leave at seven, I'd get there for nine, the moment I walked through the door, I was doing jobs, cleaning McAteer, stubs, their boots, making the drinks up for the first team, reserve duty, cleaning the physio room, while the physio's throwing papers on the floor, getting me to pick them up, <laughs> up, up the bin for him, it was, it was like, and then all of a sudden training starts at 10, get on the bus, you train, you're back, you're at it again, you're cleaning up, you're picking up the weights from the weights room. Honestly, it was crazy, but I, I, for how, for whatever reason, I excelled and I very quickly uh, I got into the reserve team at 16. I kind of missed the youth team out. played started playing reserve team football at 16 and then I got picked to play for England under 18. It was a really crazy kind of five to six months because... When United released me, they told me I wasn't tall enough. I've literally gone to the size I'm now, six foot within two months. And then I'm playing I'm playing against Man United at the cliff, their training ground, we beat mate-nil. And I'm playing for <laughs> these lot who just released me. And after the lads who were kept weren't even playing for United. You know, so it was a bizarre five, six months. It was an amazing turnaround for me and a change where that one person who believed in me gave me that hope and... I just took the ball by the arms and I, I kind of just carried on. I, I cracked on and became, yeah, became, um, I guess, more confident in myself, believed myself and I, and I managed to get an opportunity, which is what it's all about.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned, and again, for someone like yourself and we'll get to it, but you've went down the coaching, you've been involved at clubs and whatever. How important for you were they jobs as a YTS? Because I know it doesn't go on really that much or at all in a lot of the bigger clubs, but for you, was it the making of you?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I kind of always go back to that point. I think it was an unbelievable time. You know, it kind of turned from a, a young boy to almost a young man, um, having responsibility, understanding that every day you, you you get in there, you've you've got to make sure you get everything done. Um, and it's it's I, I guess at that age, you're coming from coming from school and going to a working environment or football, whatever you want to call it. It grounds you. You, you. you become, you almost become part of, you know. I guess the furniture within the club, and you, you 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 go under their values and principles, and you act in a certain way. You you've got to carry yourself the best you, best way you can, and you, you know, you, you've
1: got expectations. Them. People absolutely. expect things of you,
2: absolutely. And then when somebody says you, you might be knackered, absolutely, like run ragged. Um, somebody asked you, I was I was always told Bruce told told me he said anybody ever asks you how you feel and you always have to say you're absolutely amazing um, however you feel you know <laughs> and I thought wow yeah but I, don't know. I can never say I'm tired you can never say I'm this and, and that was it you kind of give that give me a, a a real value as well it's like right well you can't feel sorry for yourself you, know? you just got to crack on
0: mm. you know what do you remember your debut for Bolton
2: uh, yeah a very proud time for, for me and my family it took a while to get there because like I say it broke through quite soon to get in the reserves and I was training with the first team I'd say for three years and I was very close to playing a lot of times on the bench loads and, uh, and then one day Colin Todd who was the manager he pulled me and he said look you're going you're to start against Blackburn in the Premier League tomorrow get a good night's sleep
1: um, <laughs> did you get any sleep?
2: <laughs> I got any sleep there and, but prior to that, there was maybe three or four or five games. I was on the bench in the Premier League and um, there was whispers and rumors, maybe you're gonna get on you're gonna get on. And never forget this. The week before Bolton played Liverpool at the Reebok, and I had been out for a birthday with my with my girlfriend at the time. We've been drinking all night. I wasn't in the squad for whatever reason and it's just I wasn't involved that weekend and then I got the call in the morning and I was absolutely steaming. <laughs> <laughs> coming in, you're on the bench today, you are playing Liverpool. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> the previous but I thought, well, he's leaving me out. You know what I mean? But for, whatever. So I've gone in there and I'm, I'm like, really funny, the left back at the time, he, he, he nearly got injured in, in, in the warm-up or he, he pulled something, but he managed to get through the game. But there's me. It would have been me, absolutely steaming. It never happened. And thank God, it, it was a bit of a lesson for me because... I didn't really prepare for any eventuality, but which is something I learned from. The next week, obviously then I got the nod. It was like, Az, you're gonna you're gonna start tomorrow, get a good night's sleep, and we'll see you see you tomorrow. Obviously, I'd never slept, but what an occasion, a full house at the Reebok, all my family there. Played against Blackburn Rovers, which is the, the the Lancashire Derby. So it was a lot of rivalry. At the time they've had a fantastic team, Chris Sutton's playing, his the team's just full of internationals. And um, so yeah, I did We won, two, one. Uh I got man of the match and I was on match of the day that evening. So in terms of memories, that was how, my...
0: how was the first touch and the first pass? Was it was it fine, just get yeah, out of the way? Probably,
2: yeah, I probably in the stand somewhere, I probably shagged it
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? This is the thing, you know, the, the, the time and experience of of the guys, the them senior pros who I was playing with, they looked after me when I when I played and they knew how nervous I was when uh and then I got more comfortable in my surroundings and in the environment. and I loved it. You know, it was a, just an unbelievable experience. You know, playing with people like, you know, Peter Beardsley, Nathan Blake. You know, some top top professionals. Um, I had a good Johnson. He we went on to play for Barcelona. Jerry Taggart. So so many so many so many top players. Um, so I was very fortunate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, after that, the move to United comes about. Yeah. How does it come about?
2: Yeah, uh, well, then obviously, then Colin Todd leaves at some point. Sam Allardyce takes over. Um, Sam plays me for the next 15 games or so. I'm on the bench, I'm starting, and I'm coming on. He's, he's been really good to me. Uh, but then at the time, he was telling me, he said, Look, Az, next season, I can't promise you. Because then I was kicking on. And he was like, Az, I can't promise you to start week in week out, but you'll get your games. And he was signing Giorkayev, Akotcha, Hiero, Campo. Like, you know, with all these these guys were coming, started to come through the building. I'm thinking, wow. You know, as much as I'm in awe, and I, I need to, st- I need to play. You know, so Sam offered Bolton offered me another two or three years, um and I just had in my mind, if I don't go now, I'm never. I'm, I want to be a football player. I want to I rack up the games. And, you know, maybe I'll find that level again. You know, you know what I mean. It was a brave decision for me. So I had Portsmouth, Swindon Town, and Dundee United. And I just thought, Do you know what, Dundee United. I spoke to Paul Sturrock. I spoke to John Blackley. Um, just just oozed football, and I just had the feeling of going to the Scottish Premier League and playing against the likes of Rangers and Celtic at Parkhead and Ibrock to the Dundee Derby. You know, I just thought, why not get up there and go, go and go and try your best and go and you know prove yourself. You know, go and play the games. You know, if you're good enough, you'll play. And it was, a, yeah, I went up. And that was, you know what, it was the best thing I ever did because it made me, it did turn me into a man coming up to up to Scotland and leaving home and leaving my own safe environment and taking that chance um, to become a football player. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. I, I joined and, you know, I was old and sick and all the rest of it. I had a little cry in the old cells. He's like, what am I doing? Um, but then, yeah, you know, you, I... I I quickly fell in love with Dundee and, and the, the lads that, I, that was that were there, we were all young. And uh, we all went on this, this little journey. It wasn't it wasn't great, the team wasn't because we was all very young, but the, the initial part of going in, it was like wow, it was a massive I'll tell you what else was a shock to the system. Everything seemed to be I thought I was a fit boy. I thought I was a young, fit, slim, athletic boy, you know, coming from Bolton. I didn't know what hard work was until joining Dundee United, I didn't know, actually, the, the value of real hard work, you know, we run like, we were the running club, we were the fittest team in that league, no doubt. We, we you know, Paul Heggerty, Maurice Malpass, John Blackley, Paul Sturrock, you know, the, the, the minimum was that you've got to be the fittest and the amount of running pre-season, I came in, I thought, what is this? I think they called it Hamburger Hill or something, it was the most horrible,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Day on, day in, day out. These my, <laughs> my God, what's
0: going on? That was the thing, though. I mean, you look at what Paul Sturrock and that come through. Who they worked under, you know, Jim McLean, obviously with his. followers. did you ever meet Jim?
2: Met Jim a couple of times. Um, he was he was really good to me, and um, obviously wished me all the best when when I came up, and he and he told me he wanted me to live close to the club to to get a real feel of Dundee. And it was because at the time people were telling me to maybe live down towards Glasgow or down towards Edinburgh and travel in I'm like alright oh, okay I had no real ideas young boy coming up you know but then he just said look the best the best way you're going to connect with the fans you're going to have a feel for the place is to be as close as you can to Tannadice you know and I did I moved to money. that was the best thing I did I moved to Monifieth bought a house mm-hmm. and I loved it absolutely loved it I loved it I just loved um, Broughty Ferry Dundee Monifieth the people and then after that initial that that initial kind of well head wobble, it was just uh, it was fantastic. I loved
1: it. What kind of support was in place then for you? Like you, you say, when you first came up the road, you're, yep. you're sitting in a hotel room. You're quite down because you're homesick. Uh, what yep. kind, do you tell the club that, or do you keep it to yourself? And if you yep. do tell the club that, how do they help you?
2: I look back and I think the club made a mistake to start with. They put me in a in a. It was almost like a B and B. I thought the minimum they will try and do is put me in a hotel, a, a decent hotel, but they put me in a BB. I'm like, what? Oh. Then I'm like my missus is coming up as well. Mm-hmm. What's going on? So I think we spent like a five, five days or a week in this B. And I just pulled Paul's story so look, I can't do it. This is this is my missing me and my missus in a room. What, what's going on? I think you re- recognize that it's not even a hotel. You need I need to get like an apartment, you need to put me somewhere where up as well. Like so. I think he got it. They messed up to start with, but I think they they quickly changed and they put me on. I forget the area in Dundee, but they had the they had the river. Is it the Tay next to where yes. I was living? It was somewhere, but it was it was a lovely, lovely like kind of apartment thing over over the over the water. And it was like, wow, this is beautiful. So we had a bit of space, and it was nice for me and her to to settle down. And then yeah, that that helped a hell of a lot. But in terms of support at the start, no, you no, know, nothing like it is now. There was no player care. There's no. Nobody really looking into you as a person. How are you going to call, What are you coming from? What are you going to come into? It was yeah. just like hey, I'm going to go there. I'm going to crack on with it. And but that's what you used to do, right? That was that was
0: mm. it. It was no real support. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that that was exactly. Sign of the times. Yeah. Yeah. After you got through the, uh, the 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 bits of preseason and Hamburger Hill and the joy that that brings, you make your debut. Your league debut against a strong Celtic side. We lost two one. But the team that day to remind you. Uh, and us and the listeners, by the way. Um, Alan Coombe, Jim Patterson, the Step Over King, uh <laughs> David McCracken, Hasnell Joffrey, Jason DeVos, David Hanna, Neil Heaney, Jamie Buchan. He sang the same day as Jamie Buchan, I think yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Craig Easton, Stephen Thompson, Alex Mathy Pat Onstat, John McCullen, the big beautiful Tassos Vinitas, uh, Stephen <laughs> McConnellog and Jim Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, did you know any of those players before, or was this just what preseason got you?
2: Yeah, no. Only if Honestly, no. Um, I didn't. That that was the beauty of me wanting to go and, and go and go and try and prove to myself that I'm, I can do it. You know, it was. I've, I'd, I'd done some research on Dundee United in the history, and I thought it's a real proper club. You know, I'm not messing about it. I'm going. I'm going into a real institution of football, like you know. The, and that's what I thought, you know, and that that's what it was. And obviously meeting all them young, most were young lads, all kind of striving to make, them, you know, make ourselves, a, you know, kind of a forage our, our own career, you know. Um, fantastic, you know. Obviously, Jason DeVos was a bit iconic at the time when he was this big Canadian guy. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, look at he was he was fantastic, obviously for Dundee United. I just thought he, he managed himself in it in a very very good way, big guy, knew how to head the ball, um, he was close to Paul Sturrock and, and the staff, um, so he was good, def- most definitely, but I just think at the time, looking at it, we was all very, very young and naive, mm-hmm. you know, Dundee United, had a lot of very talented boys, maybe too many, mm-hmm. in one team, uh, probably wasn't enough experience around, do you know what I mean, I don't know, that blend maybe, it was just too many of us, you know, starting off and that young um, I guess enthusiasm was always going to be there but maybe we was you know you come up against Celtic that first day you look at their team it was like it was packed of internationals so you know what I mean it's like you was always it was exciting and you was just always hoping that's that's the feeling I got at the start of it you know without having massive confidence of going yeah we're going to go win this game you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean we didn't know what we're doing but we was not, a lot of us were just starting out
0: yeah, and you well, got to face Sutton and Larson in your first game. <laughs> <laughs> nice and easy.
2: Not a bad start. Eh? No, um, <laughs> that was the whole thing about um, coming up to Scotland and you know trying to trying to learn, develop, and, and grow as a as a person and become a better football player. Um, you can only do that by surrounding yourself with good people, um, and then obviously coming against them weekends you know week in week out at that time it was it was some very good talented football players Mm. very strong team
0: yeah and like you say well, obviously the aims for United every season is do as well as we can but two games in Paul Sturrock resigns what happened? oh I
2: mean obviously
0: a lot of it was
2: you know Paul Sturrock was the one not didn't sell me a dream but it was I just looked at his history and just thought what an iconic man for Dundee United I had no idea the history with with what had gone on prior to him in terms of management, and it was just more, yeah. Well, I'm going, I'm, I'm just going to get on this journey with him. You know, what? I'm, I can't wait for this. And then, yeah, we played Hibs. Was it Hibs. Yep. He beat three Hibs away. Yeah, it was a tough game, terrible game. And uh, he came in and said, "I can't do it anymore." And he looked, he looked terrible. He just looked like he he knew he loved the club. There's no doubt about that. But he, I think he just for his own health, from what I could see after that in that change, and don't forget it, he was just red, sweating. He,
1: he was too much for him, and they did the right thing. He he had to go, you know, because he would he would have damaged him. Yeah, uh, I think he's I think he's been on record. Not spe- he's has spoken to us, but not not spoken to us about this. But I think he said that he he was taking it too personally. He wasn't yeah. because it was his club, it was his team. He felt it just as much as like a fan, you know, when he wasn't able to separate his his uh, his feeling from the professional job that he was trying to do. So. Yeah, I think in hindsight for himself, he probably done the right thing by resigning.
2: Yeah. I, I agree, I agree, because I didn't know him too well. Obviously, I just had a crazy pre season with them and I thought, wow, that's <laughs> <"Well, I'm mad." laughs> But you could tell the care with him and the other staff, Maurice Malpass and all, you know, it's Dundee United is everything, you know, it's it's uh, it's more than a football
0: club. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Uh, a couple of games later, despite a defeat, a Hasnell Joffrey screamer. From about four yards, I think it was. <laughs> you got your name on the score sheet. First goal, all right. it's all right, isn't it? It, oh, Who was it? Who was it? Oh, I heard, <laughs> I'll tell you. If you just pad for time for a second, it was. <laughs> We've got to beat 2-1 anyway. I ah, Johnson. Yeah, St. Johnson. There we go. Yeah, we Good memory. Yeah. No. Johnston, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah no. But, you, you know, I, I I always think about that early start. I, don't, I mean, even the, the couple of years was there, I mean, that early
2: start, I just thought it was looking back on my career and obviously becoming a, you know, a, a more established pro when I went on and moved on but looking back at that time I just thought there was a lot of fantastic people good football players but just not mature enough there's too many of them who couldn't cope or didn't understand you know the, the game and all the rest of it so yeah I got my first goal against St Johnston yeah, which, which was nice
1: uh, but again I'm, I'm just still finding my feet you know
0: yeah, and that and In, on you go, on you go, Paul.
1: Well, I was going to say I'm probably getting ahead of the game here, Ron. But did you not score an absolute screamer and against a team called Forest Mechanics?
2: well that's the one I show my kids all the time. Um, yeah
1: do you do even do you even know where Forest is?
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what that was. That was one of them. I, I actually scored an overhead kick, for, which wasn't long after. It might have been this season after. I can't remember, but I scored an overhead kick, and that was a. I set myself up and I, and I did it you know, it was, you know it was an, that was an amazing time for me as well so yeah oh, I think some good goals for Dundee United uh, mm-hmm. most definitely you know that, that. I guess that free kick was probably the, the best one but I never forget Charlie Miller that G, he, honestly we used to call him Chico I don't know if he, he said that but we used to call him yeah. he came in after the game and he's like oh well done you scored the two goals yeah two good, good goals but mine's the best mine's
1: <laughs> as was a pitch
0: <laughs> He was a uh, <laughs> uh, um, obviously, Paul Sturrock goes. Alex Smith comes in as the as the manager, and uh, he brought some players in. Let's let's throw some names that he brought in. Uh, we had uh, Francisco Ramirez. We had uh, Gustavo Fuentes. We had Marcelino Galopo, Carlos Mercura. I've got no recollection of watching them and I was a season ticket holder. What were they like?
1: Uh, Tourists, a bit, a bit like
2: <laughs> you. Not so sure what happened there. and um, you know, uh, what, what can I say? You know, I think were they his players if you're asking me, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard some rumors around the time players were coming in, you know, in whatever way. I mean, I would never talk disrespectful from the club to about the club at all ever, but you know, at the time I was playing, so I was okay, right? But then I remember rightly like these a lot of these players came in and uh, and I seen like the likes of Stevie Thompson, Craig Easton, Dave, not Davyanna, but like uh, the, the Scottish the Scottish boys who were in the change. So, solid boys. They were moved into this into the away changing room to create space for these guys, and it mm. created, a, created an unbelievable, terrible environment, and it shocked it, you know. And look, it was a moment, and I think we all remember that the famous moment when, obviously, like Jim McLean, he. he uh, You know, he did what he did that day against Hearts, but that was an accumulation of a couple of weeks of what is, you know, players coming in, who are these, what's going on. They're not not even football players and now they're representing Dundee United. Um, It was hard for us all. It was hard for us all because we was all very close as well. So when Mm -hmm. players were left out and you knew knew they shouldn't have been left out, it was hard for the ones who were playing. Um, And I guess that, that day against Hearts that was a shocker you know and I just think like you know the acted however they acted they, act, they, act, they acted at, I think a reasonable pace in time because I think you recognised straight after that Enough was enough like you know I don't know how it happened mm. and I don't know why it happened but you know funny, funny things happen in football that you can't put your finger on you just wonder why
0: yeah mm. um, another player that you played with is one of our cult heroes on this podcast is Mavondo Atangana what a man. Oh,
2: what a man. <laughs> Vondo, yeah. Wow. I don't even know what to say. He wanted a character from Vondo. I mean Only he up.
1: knew the offside drill. He would have been a player.
2: Crazy, eh? Yeah. Another another he was you know what? He was a lovely he was a lovely guy. You know, he was a he was full of energy, full of beans. He you just like you say, you know, what's he doing? Why is he running <laughs> he outside all the time? But come on, you're gonna learn the game. But it was again another one, he was too young. You know, yeah. it, was another, it was another one of us. Like he needed guidance, he needed the proper support, because mm. uh, he could have been okay. You know what I mean? But you know, just never really
0: worked out. out. Yeah, and then oh. a man called Charlie Miller walks in the door. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What, what I mean, can, he you, say? What can but, you say? What can you say as a teammate? What a man! He, what I mean, there's he... a lot of
2: things I could say. <laughs> I probably couldn't say on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> anything you can say on here <laughs> just he, he must have been so. He, he tells us the story about him signing and then he gets picked up for uh, Craig Easton and the, the Beatle at the hotel and goes up and he's playing in a park and he's got his gear he's got to wash it himself and he's thinking what's going on here but yeah. what a boost he was for the season
2: well, i never forget he came in because he'd come from Watford. So, one of my close friends was a guy called Neil Cox at Baltimore and me, and they became really pally at Watford. So, when he came running onto the training pitch, I'm like, who's that? He's got this moustache. He's dead brown, dead tanned. And um, I, I didn't recognize him, to be fair. And I just thought, you know, he signed a foreign, foreign player from somewhere and getting close. I'm like, is that Charlie Miller? Charlie Miller. So then we, 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 you know, I think we instantly struck off me and we were. Yeah, we uh, we live quite close to each other, and I think when he did sign, it was a big boost. What a, what a character! Um, he'd had previous uh, where you know obviously ranges and stuff like that. And you're thinking he was another one, really. You know, at the start of it, he wasn't so sure of himself either. I know he'd been at Watford and stuff, but you, you know he was trying to get himself back back to himself or back back to some kind of standards that he thought. Like he was, and you could see in training straight away. He was, he was different class. His technique, his ability, his swagger. You know the way he carried himself. It was great. It was timely when he came in. I think I, I love Charlie. I love, I love having my time with him. You know, it's a shame we've kind of had to, Football makes you go over other ways. But I've always thought to myself, you know, I'd love to get back in touch with uh, with Charlie and and, and talk through our, through a lot of our memories because, yeah, we we. Uh, we had a lot of banter in that January. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of uh, a lot of craziness happening. Um, Charlie was usually involved in the right in the mix
1: <laughs> Always, probably.
0: Always. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is as well, when you come in, we're on a terrible run. You know, I don't think we've won in about ten yeah. games. We've been turned over for Dundee, which doesn't happen a lot. We've been done over them twice at the time. Yeah. But you just started to see it. We beat Dunfermline, we pick up a point against Rangers going into the Christmas, and then after that it was a case of trying to get on. Did you get injured in the February? Because you didn't say. For what I could check in the research, you did a kick a ball yeah. again to the last game of the season.
2: Yeah, no, I had um, I had some terrible injuries. Um, I had some blood disease as well. Going back to it, it was it was a real tough time for me. I couldn't get myself fit. Mm. Um, I took a really bad knock on my shin, and I couldn't. And I also then with the, with the shin knock, I took a, a knock underneath my ankle. Which created another bone underneath my ankle, calcified, so I couldn't move my ankle. I couldn't, I couldn't manipulate it. So it, it took time for to, me to kind of adjust to having this new calcification underneath my ankle. Funny enough, but yeah, I had quite a few issues at that moment in time. So yeah, I you know it was, it was a just a strange first year. You know, yeah, I mean towards the end of it, it was, I was just wishing the boys, you know, getting the results. You know, we, you know, we was flirting with danger the whole time, huh? so. It was it was hard to, to be around and, and watch when you when you actually can't do anything about it.
0: Yeah, and we we went on to win nine out of about eleven games. I think it was. For you, did yeah. you go to Mcdermott Park when we played St Johnston? Were you? there yeah. the, I mean, what a day! Did that. you run on the pitch? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, but it, it was a big relief, you know. I think, like for me personally, it was like coming up to Scotland and Dundee United. The last thing ever wanted, you know. I don't want to be relegated. That's the last thing. And other than thinking for the club. To, to you know, to to feel responsible for that because I just know how much the club means to the local supporters. The passion is was so obvious for me. Um, obviously, living not far from the stadium, it was. I knew what it, what it meant, you know. So, yeah, it was a it was a big relief for, for everybody. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and then obviously we're two 0 down. Charlie Miller misses a penalty. I was behind that goal fearing the worst. I'll be honest, but <laughs> what a second half it was!
2: Unbelievable. I mean. Again, that's that's the beauty of football, right? I mean, that's why we all love it. To that point, you become you it becomes like you're obsessed with it, aren't you? So, winning games, losing games, the the, the fear of of the worst case scenario, and it just it just you know what I mean. You, you know what I mean. It's always there in you. It's in your body when you look watching football, you support a team. It's never going to leave you, whether it's good or bad. And like I say, that journey that that first year was a bloody oh, yeah, hell. Wow. That was it was like a big rude awakening for me as a as a young young man, uh, you know, having to grow up and you know what I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stake. So that first season was like a it was my first real proper season. I felt I felt like I grew throughout the year and understood the place, understood the culture of of Dundee United, what it what it really represents, you know, and what the duty of all of us who had the shirt. What we you know, what what we were supposed to do, how we were supposed to represent him was to be the best we possibly could. Mm.
0: And you, you know, you had a Paul Sturrock preseason. How was an Alex Smith preseason?
2: Very similar, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, very. similar. Yeah, I mean, look, he like he liked football. Um, Alex Smith, don't get me wrong, but I think it is the uh, the support of staff of, of Hegarty, who is an absolute a rim, Olympic runner, the most <laughs> man I've ever met in my life. You've been doing. I mean, Chico Charlie would talk about well, this like you'd be coming in for a warm up, like warm up stretch, get yourself ready. You're going on twelve minute runs, forty five minute runs round round the round the park, up and down golf courses at speed, like unbelievable pace. You like, what is going on, and this is the warm up. So, you know, <laughs> look, the the culture of of fitness and, and hard work was was never ever leaving Dundee um, United, and and I think that was yeah, whether whether it would be Alec or Paul, it would be you know, you're going to be the fittest team here We want you to be fit um, mm. and as strong as
0: you can, you know, yeah. What would Alex Smith said, you know, or what would the club be saying after the season that we had, just staying clear of relegation? And, and the thing is, there wasn't a lot of ins as well. I think Jim McIntyre come in. I'm not sure there was much movement player-wise, so it was a lot of the same squad. Was it just a case of, let's just do better than, than we did this season?
2: I think there was a recognition of we were all a lot of young boys in there, and we survived. And the, the the value of going through that experience, I'm sure the club didn't want us to to want to go through that again or feel that again and, and learn from it. You know, I think I remember the chairman coming in um, and talking to us and saying, "Come on, I'm allowed to swear on it."
0: Yeah, of course you are.
2: Yeah, like you fucking do that again if that fucking happens again. We're like Michael be fucking out the door within within days. You know, it was. You know, serious because he he was bang on. You know, we needed to, we needed to man up early. We needed to learn more. We needed to to be I don't know more more savvy. So I think a lot of us most definitely went away and reflected and thought and coming back. I certainly came back as fit as I could. Um, you know, I never ever would ever reach probably certain people like Craig Easton, for example. He was just a full on machine, but. Mm-hmm. I think we all knew that that first season I was there, it was like, that can't happen again. You know, this there's got to be a change. There's got to be, you guys got to learn and grow up. So, yeah, there wasn't much movement. We, I think we all was worried to be through the you. We were all like, well, we are probably going to sign someone in my position now and I'm going to be off. And, but they never did.
0: Yeah, and uh, we started that season with a Dundee derby. But overall, how were the Dundee derbies for you? What were they like to play in? Did you find it weird that the the grounds were 100 yards apart.
2: No, I loved it. I loved it because it's real football and that's me obviously being a a Manchester United fan. and like Man Man City, Man United, knowing what a derby means. So I I used to love um, the derby day. I loved loved to be involved in it and just knew the the value of if you could get that win, it'd be massive, you know, for the United fans. Uh, Loved it. But you know what? One of the biggest mistakes in my first year, I think we played Dundee, and I ended up going out for a bay with the lads I don't know I forget with Stevie Thompson and Shock Davey <laughs> yeah so Davey and Charlie Shock the usual yeah we, we, you know we would we'd be out and then the Dundee fans came up to us in one I forget the name what the fuck They used to get, get to you know one, one of them and that was like yeah better go <laughs> better go
0: <laughs> <laughs> but did you enjoy playing them did you enjoy the atmosphere
2: Loved it, and I think you know, got a dense park and then coming to Tanadice. it was they were just fantastic moments for everybody, you know. And I think, like, like you say, you, you get more excited about them kind of games. Um, but then they, who did they, they, they sign? They had like Keneja there, and they had, some, they had some names, didn't they? Mm-hmm. You know, they were these kind them of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they, they had a they were they, you know, they had a decent team, and and a lot of arrogance, I'll never forget. Is, is Vasaki still there?
0: Vizocchi, yeah. yeah, yeah, still there. Yep.
2: We'd always go, so we'd have a, a, there'd be a mob of us, maybe eight of us, we'd go to Vizocchi's and we'd be sat eating our, our, our food and all of a sudden Canadians walking in with his pals and you're like, Claudio Canadian there, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, yeah. it was a crazy, and, uh, crazy time.
1: And nearly, uh, nearly killed Dundee mm, doing all that. No. nearly killed
0: him it was nuts I mean we had Lee Wilkie on he was telling us he was a a kid at Dundee at the time and he says can he just just smoking in the toilets before games and unbelievable Um, you've mentioned some of the the characters that you've had you know Charlie's there Stephen Thompson's always there Davy Hanna you've mentioned that there must have been some good nights out there
2: well, going, I'll go back to the start of this. Absolutely. Have you meant, you know, mentioned David Partridge there. Did you mean,
0: mention... Partridge, that's another name, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm telling you now, this was a serious mob, right? So... all <laughs> green eyes coming, or blue-eyed, what do you call it, from Baltimore Wonders. And that first pre-season, you know, I told you, it was, it was crazy, it was hard. And I think we go to Dublin. We're in Dublin our first pre-season, I'm there. And, uh, you know... We all, well, a few of us sneak out for a beer, don't we? And, um, <laughs> if you know what used to do back in the day, we, we managed to sneak out for a beer, and, and then the next night you're out again, and then you're out again. And, like this preseason it's almost like a bloody jolly it just But one of the nights was crazy. You know, you know, crazy stuff happened this one night. Um, I think Stevie Thompson got seriously injured, and yeah, all other things happening. I'm like, wow, what's going on here? You know, I'm used to you know, this really methodical pre-season, it's all heart rate monitors and it's this and it's that. <laughs> you, these shapes here and you, you have to be cool there. You no, know, this was this was work hard and play hard and it was a uh, yeah, a very alert very quickly. So yeah, that was the start of the I guess our I guess our, our friendship really. Because look, look, don't get me wrong, team bonding, but we took it to to new levels there's no doubt about that yeah and with Partridge Thompson Hannah we used to wind Hannah up like mad you know we used to sing songs to him and you know uh, we'd wind him up it was brilliant and he'd bite and Charlie yeah. would had to eat with each other it was great and one was Celsius one
0: was Rangers he was like oh, yeah it Was then, yeah, we, we, I mean because we said to Charlie I said it brought up the fact that he used to go used to go to Tally's and hotel all the whole yeah. call of time and he said oh, like every Monday like every Monday it's like let's yeah. or Tuesday it would have been probably a Wednesday off Tuesday. he just you know that that was Charlie but he was just such a but a character like that helps so much I mean the, the nights to will take their toll but it's good times
2: yeah like I say we, we worked very hard but at the time there was certainly a drinking culture there's no doubt about it and uh, you get wrapped into it especially when you like someone like me coming up and wanting to meet people and be around people and learn and, and be friends and then you find yourself, you get an half-decent result on Saturday, you're out Saturday night, it potentially might be a Sunday beer, you're in Monday, you're running your nuts off, running, but but like, not that bad but running, but it was bad for me, because I hated it, and then Tuesday, was Terror uh, terror Tuesday, so there was no balls, you'd be running morning and afternoon, with Mo, Maurice Malpah's a But as soon as that finished, straight to Tallis, and you'd be on an absolute session, 10, 12, 15 pints, two in the morning, Wednesday off Try to recoup just, just as well <laughs> and honestly I don't know I mean the, the culture I think it, I'm not sure I'm pretty sure it wasn't just those but I think everybody seemed to be everyone enjoyed a pint but we just had a, a, a bunch of lads who were very similar ages of once I did everyone would do it you know so mm-hmm. we had yeah we had we had uh, we had a bit of a, a gang yeah
1: so it was Paraj a bit of a madman then?
2: yeah to say, yeah. yeah, he he was a he, I part of him. He was a he was a, an Essex boy. Um, hard as nails, wouldn't mess with him one bit. He yeah. was once the light flipped with him, he was going. Nobody yeah. would stop. I remember one night, on the the Saturday night, is is me again. This is early doors thinking. Go home. Next thing, he's in the fucking police van. Birds <laughs> banging on the van, going, Dave, Dave, I love you, Dave. And he's he love you and all like what's going on like do you know what I mean like, how was this even happening how's was he getting getting away with this you know so <laughs> but yeah, Pat, yeah. Uh, he he would he was hard as nails he was mm-hmm. proper proper hardcore uh, like I say so Pat so Hannah oh dear Hannah you know David Hannah wow uh, Charlie fantastic just fantastic people oh, honestly I, I can't speak highly, highly enough of them
0: though. Yeah. are great see obviously you're a regular you've had your injury problems like you say uh, so we'll get yeah. back to the actual football chart <laughs> after being a regular for two seasons how did it come for you to leave then? Uh,
2: well the second season was, I think was a really good season for me personally because I think I banged five goals in I think from left back and I was playing week in week out and uh I don't know, things started to turn a little bit pear-shaped with, I think I, we spoke about a new deal that, that season, um, and I think Alex Smith then pulled me towards the end and said, yeah, you, you're playing well, get your ages. and I think they talked, but then I heard they were signing Warren Cummings from from obviously down south I think it was at Bournemouth at the time, or Chelsea I don't know, I can't remember I mean Chelsea, uh, really good up-and-coming left-back, from you know, Scottish boy, and then um, it was yeah. I think we're looking to sign him or something like that. And I think, I think then from then I came back from from the end of the season, coming for the new season. It was like I'm, out, I'm an outcast. And then, I mean that's how football that's how football is. I think one minute you can any moment turn and you say look, you done it. You know we want you out of the building. We want you know. But I kept training. I kept training hard. And I think at the time. I had a few clubs who were trying to sign me. One was Bradford City and at the time there was a load of TV money that was went bust.
1: Um, ITV Digital.
2: Yeah, it all, it all kind of went and I think part of the deal with Bradford City, mm. you know, the deal was really good and, you know, it looked after me and brought me back home towards Manchester. It, the club was decent but the whole thing collapsed on me and I think the club were waiting to get me off the wage bill to bring somebody in and then, obviously, that, that collapse it was like, wow, what's going on? And I think, I was training well, you know, I was, I was I was doing everything. I wasn't being, you know, I am not a disrespectful person. I understood the situation. It was hard to take, but it was like right. But then I think uh, he recognized how hard I was I was I was working and I think I was doing everything I possibly could. And then I think the last game I played was Celtic away. And uh
0: it wasn't a great. Out, wow.
2: It wasn't a great. <laughs> I mean, wow, you know what I mean? It was like right from the cold. He told me on the Friday, I think it was, and like you're gonna play. I'm like, what? And he played me, you know. I was nowhere near the the, the pace of, you know, because he mentally as well, it was like, wow, what, you know, kind of messed me
0: head a little bit. And then, yeah, was it 5 0 we got people? Uh, yeah, we, it was. It wasn't a nice Hearts and Sutton and Larsen were all playing, I think. It was just. I think, it
2: was, yeah, three at the back, three.
0: three. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to work. Um, after you leave, you obviously, you played for Paul Sturrock again and again and again and again and again what's he just a, a good influence on your career Is he just a man you like playing for
2: yeah I mean I think we had a mutual res- respect for uh, me, me and Luggy I think he recognised the early doors for me coming up to, up to Scotland was a I trusted him you know I think he recognised that I could have stayed down start south. first he stayed at Bolton been quite simply playing in the whatever been league what the championship wherever it was at the time and then go he knew it was a big decision so I think from the start I think he had a, a feeling that he wanted to work with me again. So the Plymouth one when Bradford f- fell fell through he my my agent knew what was happening in Dundee United obviously they're very close and it was like look we can get you out on a free we'll bring you down here and try and play some games see if you like it. Plymouth I know it's like going from one end of the country to the other it was 600 miles I think it was but come come and try and play see see if you like it if not you know, I'm sure some clubs around Manchester will, will will take you. So in the end, I goes down there. It was a decent start. We weren't great in terms of results, but I think I was performing okay. And uh, but then it fell off a little bit. I think he got a bit pissed off with me. Um, I think he, the results have, were affecting him a little bit, and it coincided with me going there. It's almost like well, you're like a like a voodoo dog. What are you doing? I'm not. Giving mm-hmm. a so then from playing a lot of games to starting, and then he put me on the bench a lot and then we fell out. I didn't speak to him and um, he pissed me off because he, he used to do things to me that weren't right. And then we had a heart-to-heart and we had it out us, and we, you know, From that heart-to-heart, we had a mutual respect. And um, I played myself back into the team. I think I played the last four games. He recognised, actually, I wasn't a bad player. I had more to come. He changed my position from left-back to centre-back. Um, and he seen something in me. So he offered me a two-year deal. Um, I was going to come back home. There was a couple of clubs who wanted to sign me. But I said, right, okay, let's do it. So I ended up buying a house down there and uh, trusted uh, the to, blogger to do to, to do right by me. And um, and he and did, to be fair. Mm. We, had a, we had a great working relationship and then um, I want to say we were the closest of friends because I didn't really socialise with him or anything like that. But he knew he could trust me. He knew what he was getting out of me. And, uh, yeah, from that moment, it was it was great. I had a great working relationship with, with Paul and we did really well. You know, I ended up the next year, I think it was the next year we got promoted, ended up playing in his team when I was fit. I mean, the injuries killed me a lot, if I'm honest with you. I sort have played double the amount of games, but, yeah, when I was fit, he had me in his team and he, I think, um, yeah, he trusted me.
0: Yeah. Um, you obviously you played and played for him a couple of times like we mentioned um, was it the injuries that kind of made finish your career to get you into coaching or was coaching starting to be on the radar as you were finishing playing
2: yeah I mean like I think early doors as well With like, I was made captain at a few places and I think the, the leadership stuff was always in me and I was always kind of on the ball with the tactics stuff and I kind of liked the idea of what we're doing you know I was, I was interested as, as I was getting older I was getting more interested in it you tactical side of the game and, yeah, I mean, the injuries were taking its toll so I ended up doing a lot of stuff kind of watching the games and reporting on the games and I think, yeah, I mean, it was very unfortunate with, with the amount of injuries he had like, six operations on my right knee. I broke my shoulder, in, I broke my wrist, I my nose about five times. It, in the end, it was just too much. So, yeah, I think towards the end, um, I just had one eye. What What's going to be next? I didn't have a massive eye on it but I would like, uh, you know... But then my career kind of stopped with a serious injury at Swindon Town. It was like, right, what, what's going on? What am i going to do now. And it did stop. It literally, Paul offered me another year at South End, funny enough. He wanted to take me, give me another year. And I couldn't even my last thing, my last operation was just to be able to walk around, if I'm honest with you. It was like um uh, if you remember Ledley King, he was now at Spurs as a yeah. coach there.
1: Yes. Yep.
2: But my I had no cartilage in between my two bones because it had gone, it'd gone the, whole, the whole, so they tried to create another cartilage by drilling bones, called a microfracture operation. They did it, it took me 10 months to get back fit, and at that time, Swindon Town had moved on with their team, they'd evolved, and then again, I was captain, they wanted, they needed me off the wage, so they just paid me off, mm. and then um, I went for Oldham Athletic, but I knew at that point, out of three months really, trying to work out what's next, so at Oldham, that's when I first went into the coaching yeah. the reserve team,
0: yeah, and then obviously you went Oldham and Man- Manchester United. What are you doing these days?
2: So yeah, uh, obviously it was at Oldham to start with, and I had ten years at Man United, which were unbelievable. Um, I had so many amazing experiences, fantastic, loved it. I've had a, I don't know, I guess the best education in terms of coaching. So I guess what what happened was uh, there's been a lot of change in, in management in the academy at Man United. Uh, and I guess the last I'd say eighteen months, um, I'd say got disillusioned with it. But I just felt my time. I needed a change. I needed a new, a new motivation, a new, a fresh challenge. And uh, yeah, I came to I came to a point where I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying the coaching. I wasn't enjoying going in there. And that's that's only because of my pure frustrations about because every day I wanted to go in, and I'm all about learning and, and, and developing, and you know being motivated by by not knowing really and trying to find a way of, of, of solving that problem and I think in the end the job I did was the last three years I was doing it I could do it with my eyes closed and as much as a wonderful football club and the best in the world and I support the club it, it just for me personally my own personal ambitions I never I think I went on a trajectory with, with the club and at some point it kind of stopped I was still wanting to go and it kind of halted and I'm still like that and it's you know you kind of like have a feeling is this you know is this my time really you know have I maximised my time is this what is this it and I, I, just, I just that was it I thought right so I spoke to the club a couple of times I said look I just I think I need a new challenge I need to get away and I need to find that motivation again it's me it's um, it's something that I need to do and they weren't happy about it but I think like they respected I give 10, 10 years to the club and worked hard and so yeah I've been out of work for the last five months um, I worked out for 27 years I've been full time in football even in the summers I've been going over to the States and coaching so uh, I've had time to reflect and and kind of take stock of all the football that I've been involved in whether playing or coaching and yeah I think from there's been a few opportunities which I've refrained from I've stayed away because I wanted the time to get through Christmas and New Year so the last couple of months I've been talking to a number of clubs and, and different things and I'd say yeah, I'm close to getting back in, but I wanted to want to do is make sure when I get back in, it's going to be something that I'm, I'm really passionate about, and uh, you know I know I'm going to wake up in the morning and go wow yeah how am I going to do this today? Can't wait to get on with it. You know that's it's a massive one for me.
1: Will it be at, the, at an academy level again then when when you go back into it?
2: I think that was one of the things. Prob- probably I won't go anywhere near 16 down again because um, that's okay. where I was a lot. I've not ruled out youth team manager Stoufford's under 23s um, first team coach kind of thing I think that arena professional phase as as kind of as they're the conversations I've had along with other different kind of opportunities which are a little bit different um, in football and out of football uh, been very very interesting conversations so yeah I think for me the reasons why I left Man United was because I think i, I I've done everything I possibly could to push myself and learn and learn the craft and the trade of sixteen down the schoolboys. It's now it was now what is what's going to challenge me next. So that's the arena I've been looking at, uh, Paul. Mm-hmm. It's, it's professional phase. It's that kind of arena. So that's oh, not not because I, I want to jump ladders and hoops to get to the first team managers. It's because I know that is something that I want to learn about.
1: It's yeah, for about, your own personal growth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course, nothing wrong with that. What, what players, uh, when you were at Man United then, have you had a hand in bringing through the ones that were, like, were able to watch on TV yeah. these days?
2: Well, again, fortunate to be in, in the world-class environment, that is, to have a hand of, of their journeys. So, people like Marcus Rashford, been with them for like five, six years. Um, Mason Greenwood, now he's starting to bang the goals in. The latest one, Shola Shortire, he's starting to make his debut a few times. But then you've got like Brandon Williams, Axel Twanzebe. Dean Henderson, the goalkeeper. Uh, Scott McTominay had a big part of his development mm-hmm. when he growing up. He had, a, he had a different one. Jimmy Garner, who's now just gone on loan to Knox Forest. These uh, loads. I'm fortunate because I've been in such a wonderful environment. I've been involved in their pathways, and I don't take any credit. I just feel like I've been I've been a part of the journey, and it's been an amazing part of the journey. And you know, I know like when I see them all and I talk to them, you know the my friends and they value what, I, what what little moment I gave to
1: them and what I could help them with.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's quite satisfying to see them on the TV and watch them play. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. no, great to hear, and it's it's good to hear. You know, someone that doesn't get too comfy in the comfort zone and want to uh, yeah. try something new like you have done. Uh, to finish off, has How how do you sum up your time at Dundee United?
2: Uh, I loved it, right? It wasn't fantastic in terms of results and and, and achieving probably uh, better league positions, etc. But I loved uh, being at Dundee United. I grew up there, I always say, I grew up to be a man. Um, what I thought well, I was a man, I wasn't. I, I, and I loved the people of Dundee. I loved uh, being able to play for Dundee United and represent the club. You know, what we such a huge, fantastic football club with great fans and history and tradition and I just feel I've been part of it you know I'm part of the history of the club and I've got lots of friends from from Dundee uh, Dundee United I still speak to Stevie Thompson now and it's just, I just, just feel very very lucky to be a part of, of, of the history of Dundee United I look back and think there were fond memories we had a great a great time socially um, at times on the pitch it was good not many times but at times it was um, I just think if the adults five years later, you would have had a, they would have a special group of players. Most definitely had a nucleus line. people like Jamie McKinnon. You know what a, what a young talent he was coming through, but he was another youngster coming mm. through. You know, you know what I mean? It was we were all young. So yeah, no, I loved it. You know what? Honestly, and I came up, I brought uh, a team from Man United up to up to Scotland last year. We stayed in St Andrews and. Uh, i give the lads a little bit so it was our elite players was at Manchester United, the elite group it was like 13 boys and I gave them a little bit of history of, of Dundee United and then uh, we, we went through went up to could club go in seen Denz Park and they were, they were like wow how close are these two clubs like well yeah I was there, proud you know I was proud I was to, you know? then we was going through Dundee and like oh, God, these bring back memories so I've been up but I need to come back up properly and, and spend a bit of time up in Scotland and um i nearly i nearly i nearly had a job in scotland not so long ago when it it, it just didn't work out for whatever reason but it's not it's not over yet it, it could still happen um mm. and that would that would allow me then to be you know to kind of go back to to my roots a little bit i'd, I'd say and, and and see people and and, and visit places and think if I, if I do come back up to scotland and you know if i you know Job did work out, for example, it'd be like, Yeah, I can go and see the see see the things that have brought me a lot of memories and a lot of good times.
1: And go to the pub with Charlie on a Monday. I oh, know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I five with him, honestly. I never forget. I'm gonna tell you the story now. I'm not sure if he's said it or not, but he got he got man in the matches this I was injured, another injury, I was injured. And uh I go to his house on a Friday. We went for the sockets in the day, it's Friday. My missus was back home. I think his missus was down in Glasgow. Uh, and I think he might have had a pal up or something. It was Friday. And they were, was it St. Mirren? They were playing live on TV. I can't remember. Was it Saturday? I went round to him. Anyway, the next day, we were live on TV. I think the beat, I think beat, St. Mirren 4 0. scored but the streamer that day. At, yeah. yeah, I mean, he had about eight cans of. 10 super strength
0: or something I don't even know <laughs> probably Tenant super yeah.
2: that was it the strongest candidate you know if I, if I had one I was pissed and he had about 8 and I'm looking going wow how are you going to play tomorrow you you couldn't, you couldn't even see I picked him up because I, I take him to the, to, the, to the ground and wow what a performance what man a, and a man. man magician what a man and I'm like <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, some guys are have gifted what a
2: man <laughs> No, listen, like I say, what a wonderful football club, yeah, steeped in tradition and history and like I say, at some point, hopefully, when we're all back in the stadiums, I'll get up to, I have been invited up to go and watch a game, so hopefully I'll get back into Dice and watch uh, watch uh, Dundee United
1: play. So firstly, well done to you, Rondo, for properly pronouncing Hasney's name. You nailed it and he was suitably impressed. As for Hasney himself It was nice to hear How much playing for United Meant to him And he truly seemed to love His time at the club He had some good stories He has some great memories And he was absolutely delighted To know that Vesokis In the ferry Is still a going concern Also he gave up A Thursday night To speak to us A Thursday night When his team Man United Were playing in a Europa League semi-final No less So for that We say Thank you to Hasney.
0: Uh, They were sticking Six past Roma as well (laughs) They certainly were Get out of them Correct uh, right, on this day in association with the Arab Archive, preserving the history of Dundee United football club since 2006. 10th April's a focus, two games, and honours assignments. signings, is what I'm telling you today. Bring on. Uh, not a great day for wins, but I found uh, I found one win and a draw to mention. We got pumped and I fell out on this date for some reason. First off, uh, we're off to Ammon Vale in 2003 for the visit of Livingston. Jim Loughlin starting in place of uh, David McCracken. And in midfield, Russell Latapu was recalled at the expense of Craig Easton, who joined McCracken, Billy Dodds, and Mark Wilson on the bench. From a very early Livingston chance, United took the lead on the counter, scoring in the second minute of play thanks to a header from Agent McIntyre. He added the finishing touch to a cross from Derek Lilly over the top of the home defence. Livingston started the second half brighter, and with 12 minutes to go, David Bingham headed in an equaliser, throwing on Billy Dodds for the remainder of the match. Joby McCall went for the winner, and in the last minute of the match, it came from captain Charlie Miller, tapping the ball home from close range following a Jim McIntyre cutback with mere seconds remaining, United held on to record what was the first win since March of that season. It finished Livingston 1, Dundee United 2.
1: I remember that game very well. Do you? Scenes at the end when Miller scored that. Uh-huh. Scored right in front of the United fans. Always pleasing. Class. Charlie yeah. Miller and Russell Lapp in the same team though. Eh? Charlie had
0: probably just had 10 Flip-makers points. Playmakers galore. You know I mean, like Hasnatella and the 10th Super. Correct, (laughs) that's right. 2016. Well, the pressure was off, so it might be a bit more relaxed, and relaxed we were. We're 2 0 doing after 34 minutes as Freddie fans and Chris Doolin scored for Patrick Thistle. A United second half pressure finally paid off in the 66th minute. A driven corner flew into the six yard area and deflected off the unfortunate Liam Lindsay into the bottom corner, out of reach of the despairing Scully. United were 3 1 up when an imposter, Ryan Edwards, Headed past E.G. catch across. And with four minutes left, United were backing it though. Edward DeFerrey who had done a great job of holding up the ball all night, was then played in by Fraser and rifled home from 18 yards from Look Like a Late Consolation. Captain for the evening, the Parton dice after five years, John Rankin then left the field to an appreciative crowd, and he was replaced by United's fifth debutant on the night, Cami Ballantyne. But it was Justin Johnson who was to steal the show in the fi- first minute of added on time. Cutting in from the left, he feigned once, then twice before unleashing a fine drive low and to the right of Scully in the part of goal and wheeled off to celebrate in front of the Eddie Thompson stand. It was a nice night, that, for John Rankin, but he obviously spoke to us about it, and, mm. it, you know, he didn't really want to do that, and... uh Is that and, the night that uh, Sean Dillon kicked the bar off his face? No. Are you sure? No, mm. the, the the pressure was off. That, I'm sure that happened. Ross County, no? no Maybe he made that I up. think it was Thistle. Was that it? sure it was Doolin that scored that? Huh? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But the pressure was off. I thought that happened earlier. Nah. Maybe it did. Pressure was never on. We shone down. Doesn't nah, that's feel pressure. True. Yeah, just eases his way yes. through life. Um. So yeah, finished three all that night. Uh Ten of the young team signed on in 2019. Uh, Leighton Bisland, Sean Brown, Flynn Duffy, Lewis Fraser, Adam Hutchinson, Mackenzie Lemon, Finn Robson, Dan Watson, Young Erch, and Lewis Nielsen all signed on uh, on this day a couple of years back. And in 2007, this player signed up and went on to cause carnage in the digs before eventually going on to make 121 appearances, scoring 45 goals, including an absolute screamer that Rob Douglas is still looking for. Friend of the podcast, along with his backing band, signed on this day in 2007, Jonathan Simpson Sneddon Russell. What a name. <laughs> he didn't like the fact that we can't that, did he? <laughs> I it's now, it to him. It's now on his Wikipedia page, so <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, Jonathan Russell signed on this day in 2007, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, it's a fair bunch of players signing on these days. But man, we took some hidings on this date. So we'll just move on. Right, a double header this week. How do you think we're going to get on? Do let us know on social media. We are at Fox Podcast. Do have a great week. Do keep your distance. Do wear a mask. And don't forget to wash your hands and your asshole. <laughs>